0: Funny
1: going on. You better Wait a minute! I forgot my introduction.
2: We are now recording, and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe is unfortunately still not here. He's still under the weather, but he should be back soon. Uh, but anyway, get well soon, Abe. We do miss you. Uh, Out now is a film podcast, though, where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into film the most of the spoiler for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 558, five, five, eight, and this week we are talking Godzilla Minus One, the latest entry in the Toho Godzilla franchise. Boy, what a time it is to be alive if you're a Godzilla fan. <laughs> There's so much Godzilla to go around. And uh, joining me to discuss Godzilla Minus One and many things more, we have, from the YouTube channel, Alexander Robinson Movie and TV Reviews. With a purposeful grimace and a terrible sound, he pulls the spitting high-tension wires down. It's Alexander Robinson. Great everyone. <laughs> also joining us from the Forgotten Films podcast, dusting off his Minesweeper skills, it's Todd Leba now. Hello, thanks for having me. And from the Brandon Peters Show, some say he's the bomb, other call him an oxygen destroyer. It's Brandon Peters.
3: Hey, I come Akazian to talk about Godzilla. <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> How are all of you doing this week? Today. Doing all right. Very good. Very good. Good. Glad to have you all here. I like having a good pack show when I'm very excited about certain things. Um, and you know, having a new Godzilla movie to talk about certainly makes me excited. And I'm happy to have people here that are, you know, fans of Godzilla. Um <laughs> I guess would be curious to get a non-fan of Godzilla in here to see what you know, Which would be what Abe would be doing If he wasn't so sick, which is unfortunate But mm-hmm. um, he's not a non-Godzilla fan Just, you know, not as keyed in In the same way as some of us might be That said, am happy to have you guys here uh, Todd, good to have you here It's the first time you've been on the main show I know you've been on some bonus episodes Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I finally, uh, you know Been uh, de- deemed worthy enough, I guess uh, but, but no, I've, I've always been thrilled to be on I think I was on a commentary for dick tracy that was a lot of fun you're on a few that halloween sure. episodes yeah. so yeah yeah great to be here for sure
3: i voted for you at chapter last week so you know, so <laughs> <in> my... <laughs>
2: And uh, Brandon, we're, we talk all the time, it seems, on these podcasts. So, mm-hmm. it's, you know, so good to have you. as Well, but Alexander, uh, being a you know the big, you were on our Godzilla vs Kong episode, I believe, as well. Uh, and so good to keep yeah. you on the on the Godzilla track, among other episodes. But yeah. yeah, that was the first episode I was on, actually. Yeah, for sure. And uh, good to have you here. I feel like this is just the the right thing to do. Keep this Godzilla yep. train going. That's what I yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> Which all means right.
1: I will be back in April. Yes.
2: Yeah, soon enough, yes. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice having things I know I can rely on. When uh, whenever The Rock has a new movie, our friend Jose cordova will be on this episode on this podcast. Like we just we have things set under control here. Um, it, it makes things really easy for a person that's to plan podcasts on a weekly basis. To just know there's some reliables. But um I hear you, sister. For sure, exactly. <laughs> you 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 exactly know how difficult it is to out podcast. <laughs> and Todd as well. Yes. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> All right, well, let's get into all this fun here. Let's start off with some show notes. First up, uh, new commentary track. Uh, it is noir, Vember still, a term that we definitely use every day. And um, we talked about Alfred Hitchcock's Shadow of a Doubt for this one's commentary track, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Brandon, you were on that, of course, along all of our friends. Uh, well, just Scott Mendelssohn actually. So somebody didn't show up, but that's what here yeah, are there.
3: <laughs> somebody's getting grounded.
2: But that was a fun commentary to do. Fun to talk Hitchcock for sure. Um, but next month, uh for to wrap up 2023, uh, we were talking Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory, the uh, 70s classic. Uh so stay be prepared for that one as a way to and it's it is December. So we should be doing that. Bro, we gotta actually plan to do that <laughs>
3: so, so it, it is important. three days in. It's the first weekend, not even a week's gone by. We're good. Yeah, but like time... we will eat chocolate
2: time with me this week involved with all this Godzilla in my mind like nothing else is really factored into it so it's like oh yeah I got to actually play other things uh, but yeah that'll be our next commentary what else um, we'll be back as I've said and we do plan to do a lot of bonus shows to cover just a variety of movies that have been coming out because there's certainly a lot of stuff that we can't spend every episode you know we can't have full episodes for every single one of these movies but we do want to get our opinions out on them in more than just kind of small segments so uh, be prepared uh, is, what I, is what I and Scar say um yeah um all right let's uh let's move on oh, well, oh Now, of course wait hold on i forgot the 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 plug that i have to do for itunes and spotify for reviews and ratings because i like doing all the silliness i like getting guests on that enjoy all the silliness abe certainly enjoys all the silliness so if you enjoy all the silliness log on to itunes or spotify give us a rating review which would be great pop us up in the old itunes charts thank you very much in advance for that all right now to move on let's uh let's get us my quickies. cookies you I know when we to talk about the Please. yeah all right um I'm gonna shoot to Alexander first this week what have you been watching recently
1: uh well most like you I've had mostly had Godzilla on my mind uh, I saw minus one uh twice already uh two days in a row one at the fan screening and the other at a um just like the opening day mm-hmm. uh I started re-watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Because I'm re- I'm reviewing that on my YouTube channel, and I watched Fellowship the the extended version of Fellowship of the
2: Ring for the first time. Ah, okay. Have you have you not seen the extended versions before at all?
4: Like all, I
1: saw them? the extended version of Two Towers at a friend's place uh, years ago, and mm-hmm. I saw I saw the first half of Fellowship of the Ring extended, but I never finished it. Are you a ring guy? Do you like the rings? I do, but I'm not like a diehard. I'm not a diehard in the same way I am with godzilla star wars or even harry potter like because i missed uh i actually didn't see these movies in theaters Mm. so i figured hey this is a good blind spot to uh check off on my channel because i've never really mentioned lord of the rings
0: i'm intrigued by folks that haven't seen the extended versions because those are the versions for me i i really can't watch the theatrical ones anymore because i'm so used to the extended and my kids have said to me that they refuse to watch the theatrical cuts they i raised them on the extended cuts and those are the only ones that exist for them
4: Hmm.
2: like i i two towers is the one that i i will watch that one preferably the others i can go i'm here the right one i feel like i can watch either one and be fine with uh depending on how much time I have, especially for Return of the King. I'm like, you know, one of those casual Return of the King watches that everybody has versus one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Versus the the slightly longer version. (laughs) I was talking
0: to my daughter about this a few weeks ago, and I was saying, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Saruman Christopher Lee doesn't even appear in the theatrical Mm -hmm. version of Return of the King. And she's like, what? How does that (laughs) even work? (laughs) and I say it's I like, know it's a,
2: it's better that way because the performance is so bad. <laughs> it's like well, well the movie. It's
1: like well the movie won Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay, so it worked somehow.
3: If yep. Lee had been in it, it'd have been all off. You know, that's... <laughs> imagine, imagine if that was the reason.
2: Like, there's a version that's all the other stuff's still gone except the Saruman scene that's in there, and the movie somehow lost Best Picture. Like, well, <laughs> that's the sliding door scenario I like to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Mystic River wins that year instead. Ah. <laughs> Clint's just knocking him out back in the yeah. early 2000s. Anyway, Alexander, I look forward to hearing the progress of this journey to watch the Lord of <laughs> the thank-, <Earth>. thank you. <laughs> um, Alright, uh, anything else? Do you watch watch anything else?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, Monarch. I oh. know it's not a movie, but uh, just That's staying fine. on the Godzilla train. I haven't mm-hmm. caught up with episode 4 yet, to uh, so, um, and and neither quite... have I Alright well yeah because I'm currently Out of town at the moment I'm uh, taking care of some Family matters in San Antonio So I will get to episode Four when I get to it
2: I I will say having The access to all the screeners I've seen the entire Season at this point and um, Yes is my answer to this question <laughs> Alright <laughs> That's I, uh, all I need to hear Big fan I really enjoy what they did with the Monarch series all right, well good um todd let's go to you what have you been watching recently
0: uh well after seeing godzilla minus one i went and saw a dream scenario which uh-huh. i i quite enjoyed uh i i, I think nicholas cage is probably one of my favorite lead performances of the year so far with that one uh, i admit the last little kind of stinger on the end of the movie threw me a bit i was like where are we going here but um but yeah, I enjoyed the movie a lot. I thought it was very funny, and and uh, uh, just uh, yeah, it was a great morning at the movies for me on that one. I'm with you on that one. I like.
2: I think it's very entertaining. I think Cage is really good there. I'm not huge on how it wraps up, but I can't say I didn't enjoy the movie. Yeah.
0: So. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, if anything, that ending just kind of left me a little confused, but everything leading up to it, I I, I was fine with. Um, last night, I watched May December on Netflix which I also enjoyed. I don't think the story drew me in too terribly much, but the performances certainly did. I, I thought both Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman were very strong. And also, I, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the, the Charles uh, the guy that plays the yeah. husband, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, strong performances. Like I said, I don't think the story really grabbed me, but the performances did. So. Um, uh, Real and quickly, then bra- I watched... I, well, uh, well, I know, I know. Yeah, Brandon. You, no, you go you
2: ahead. Just, Brandon, you just watched May December as well, right?
3: I did, I did. Um, I, I have to. I I say I'm I'm kind of along the lines with uh, Todd there, at, but I think it's the performances are what make that movie and make that story mm-hmm. better. Better. Um, in different hands, I think you get a different kind of movie. Uh, but Portman's so captivating, and like watching her character from start to finish is like a, a, It's kind of disturbing in a way that makes it effective. Yeah. Uh, on that on that level um and yeah because it's kind of it's a very simple premise but it's it's about a lot of the movies about acting uh and watching uh what people do and studying uh people in this scenario um that's just a lot of kind of like research um which is it's very i don't want to say thin but a lot of it's reliant on whether portman can pull it off or not that's Sure, I think the strength of the that's where the movie is.
2: I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I think Portman's doing some of her best work here. Honestly, I think Moore is certainly fine. She's worked with Todd Haynes, the director, plenty of times, so it's not like he's not getting out of her what he wants. I do think because it's leaning into a sort of purposeful melodrama that makes it this kind of it, it, There's a there's a comedic edge to this film, even though it's very much a drama that I think informs how you may react to it, and I think using that angle i think more is a bit arch <laughs> as in her character's role where portman i think just makes it feel grounded if that makes any sense um mm. but i do like the film quite a bit i'm not sure if we're going to talk about it more in a different episode babe but um i i do think it's a really really solid film as far as todd haynes like doing a what feels like a pedro almodovar type story on his on his own in mm. his own way
0: sure that's fair yeah what else todd Uh, I, I'm a sucker sometimes for like dumb, silly comedies. So I, uh, put on family switch on Netflix, which is this Christmas, uh, body switch comedy where this time the whole family is switching with each other. Um, yeah, yeah. The dad switches with the son, the mom switches with the daughter. And I loved that the baby switches with the dog. I thought that was (laughs) clever. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not great. It's not bad. It's just kind of, you know, fine, shut off your brain kind of fun. I actually think that I like Jennifer Garner in these kind of films. I think she's kind of carving out a little niche for herself in these goofy, high concept family comedies. And, and I'm fine with that. I think she she does quite well in there. So I, I was certainly engaged by her and, and the other members of the cast. I think the cast is pretty strong, but, you know, it's it's not a fantastic comedy, but it's it's, you know, a fine little family film. I, I will say,
2: having seen it, I will say the work done between the actors to portray the people that they are portraying is effective. Yes. That's all I got. I think I wasn't, wasn't big on it. Can't say, can't say many other good <laughs> things about Family Switch. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I hear what you're saying. And I, yeah, I, the, the novelty of everybody switches, that's fun. I, I like that. Yeah. I think you you mentioned Gar, I think like Yesterday with her, I think that was a better version Mm -hmm. as far as the Mm -hmm. kind of Netflix family movies that she's been doing. Um, I think that one was more successful, but I'm not against, you know, I feel like body switch movies exist because they're always intriguing to people. Like that's why we still, because it's such a, it seems like it's such a tired genre and yet we still keep doing them. I think it's because everyone's like, what does that look like? (laughs) What what, what has happened if if we put one person (laughs) to another person for a day? I don't want to see that.
0: Yeah. uh, this one though has one of the strangest uh, when it comes to like why does the body switch happen? Yep. I couldn't even follow <laughs> yep, it. I it was does. like, it's something with planet <laughs> alignment and a telescope, and okay, whatever, you know. <laughs> just, well, it's not it's not as strange kind of as roll with it, I guess.
2: It's not as strange as Ryan Reynolds and Justin... just, just um, Jason Bateman. His uh, sister is
3: Justine. If that's yeah, where you Justine.
2: were going with that, yeah, that's that's what I was confusing. That'd be a more interesting movie. It's not as confusing as <laughs> Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds, two guys who are white, brown-haired, smarmy people. So you have to see them as different versions of themselves, I guess. Peeing into a <laughs> fountain in public to switch bodies—that's that was the <laughs> that's the real pinnacle of body switch comedies. What would say?
3: Yeah, act like you'd never switched a body before, Aaron. I, you
2: know, I, <laughs> I had I, not not to that extent. Um, but they really struck gold where they're like, let's get these two guys who are remarkably similar to each other and make them act like each other, but not that was that really. A...
1: Yeah. That was the thing that happened.
2: Yeah. All right. <laughs> Enough about the change up. That's, that's... Brandon, what have you been watching?
3: <laughs> uh, okay. Uh Yeah. As mentioned, uh May, December um was a recent watch of mine. Uh I've, uh, new stuff that wasn't Godzilla minus one. Uh, I watched Saltburn this week. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a very amusing film. Uh, I guess it's not in, it's not in a wide release, is it? It's like more limited.
2: It's, it's as wide as, 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 as something, something
3: be. as wide as, as it's gonna be. I feel like, yeah, I it's not like taking the box office by storm. I feel like more people would be uh talking it up. Um. Because it's it it go it goes for some wild stuff, um, but uh, yeah, I, I like what Emerald Fennell's doing. I'm not I don't know that I, like this even like makes my end of year conversation, but I, I'm certainly gonna be thinking about this one, just because it's it's quite a quite a quite a journey here, um, okay. uh, through the wealthy people. Uh, let's see, uh, I I revisited because I had to review uh the color purple, the Steven Spielberg's film. Uh-huh. and uh it's got a glorious uh little 4k ultra hd release unfortunately they they have added no new bonus features they had solid bonus features to begin with uh well there is one new bonus feature uh that's a, basically a promo for the new movie but uh you can only watch it on your digital code redemption oh, so well, okay that's weird yeah uh but you know it looks glorious and like during my research um uh, well, not research, but just catching up with, like, thoughts and stuff in the movie. I'm like, oh, uh, people don't think about this movie the same way as they... I grew up <laughs> in a time where this was, like, like, w- it seemed pretty well-liked uh, for my hair. Uh, but then, you know, when people take modern lenses to situations back then, I guess they don't like it as much. But um, I still think it's a pretty decent powerhouse film. Um, builds and- up... It's cur-
2: like, cur- we probably, we'll probably probably talk about this more when we talk about the new color purple, but it's, it's gotta be the fact that Spielberg is like, if this was his quote unquote test run for making like serious movie, he, you know, so demonstrably proved himself more and more as he kept going that it's like, mm-hmm. yes, it seems minor by comparison to Schindler's List or Saving Private Ryan or, or um Hook. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I hear what you're saying like yeah that doesn't get brought. it's not in the conversation but and it's also you know white steven spielberg making the color purple right that's a, that's the thing that's i the think other, people yeah. can't
3: get over but i'm like is this movie gonna get made <laughs> or made correctly at in 1984 85 if it if he doesn't you know like well i mean correctly with quotations but um a better I, I, version I, like
2: I know who's pretty happy about it existing. Uh, Oprah Winfrey and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I feel like they, uh, <laughs> yeah, a little something good to say about the fact that the Color Purple was made. Well, and, it,
3: and it sounds like he was very open to, hey, I don't know what I'm doing with this stuff. Improvise, do that. You know, like he was course, very yeah. collaborative. You know, he didn't use John Williams. Yeah, He used Quincy Joe. Like he was trying to make the best of that situation. Like, he didn't even think he was should have been doing it. But then I think he probably had like, well, if, if I don't do it, someone this might go horrible. Uh, and this is some good source material. This story should be told. So I don't know. But I, I was like, I was just kind of like, oh, well, you kind of got to go back and go. Well, for the times, you know, and what things are. How well, about we're not allowed to excuse that anymore, I guess. But um, but yeah, no, it's a, if you're a fan of the film. It has a glorious little 4K transfer on it that really captures the photography. It's got some of the best like catching that like glossy soft photography I've seen on 4K so far. So, yeah,
2: because um, that's, that's like a, that's the older.
4: <laughs>
2: there's different eras of Spielberg, and that's certainly like a certain period of his time with the way he was shooting movies. Mm-hmm, yeah, so I'd certainly be curious to see the the 4K version that really brings out the that time in his career as a director and
3: on the depth on it is whew, awesome uh very good stuff uh i also i also checked out the uh another early film from a uh classy director uh mean streets and Martin scorsese hey. that is a that's a whopper of a film um and the 4k looked look good to me according to, to one site Apparently it was off, but uh, I disagree. No, I would uh, I would trust the uh, you know, the people who made the film, who were behind this restoration, that it uh, looks okay. Uh, other than someone's 1970s memory of what something looked like while they were in a probably a crummy theater, look watching it or something. I don't know, uh, but yeah. And then um, I'm very happy with the uh, 60th anniversary specials output. Of uh, Doctor Who so far two for two, so that's where I'm at. So I've got
2: all right. I feel like I've asked you to go further on that. There's gonna be a long explanation of of, of all that's going on with, the, with these Doctor Who releases. I keep seeing two for two.
3: Uh, <laughs> the first 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 one's kind of like, um, hey, watch this we can do this again, but we've learned a lot in terms of Russell T. Davies returning, and then the second one is like sort of. Kind of uh, a little bit of a well they hit sometimes that I love that is maybe not for everyone, where it's a kind of a metaphysical mind F type Mm -hmm. episode. Um, And that was yesterday's, which was basically just David Tennant and Catherine Tate for the entire episode. And it was amusing. I
2: enjoyed it is David Tennant now like in the version of him like shouting in Michael Sheen like bearded and angry or is he just no no <laughs> he's he's got he's got stubble
3: he's got stubble he's got sh- he's got sharper hair um but doctors yeah. are always
2: clean shaven right that's like the thing
3: uh shooty got well will have a mustache so okay, fair enough uh so no
2: they at least seem clean though yeah okay, they, they, were, they like were, uh, huh
0: John hurt when he was
2: John war hurt, hurt had a beard yeah. uh, he
3: had a beard for the war doctor and then uh, they don't count. But the Peter Cushing movies, he had a he had a mustache in those.
2: There are Peter Cushing movies with Doctor Jesus. I'd so do it. Oh yeah, yeah. They uh,
3: <laughs> they try... There's two of them. The guy who created the Daleks took his stuff over to because he owns he owns everything. Oh, so it's like with a, it's like stories. a Never Say
2: Never Again type situation with Doctor. Kind
3: King? of. Yeah, he was trying to branch him out to America and stuff. They uh they had Peter Cushing, uh, and they did two two movies. Um basically remaking a couple television episodes and the second movie had Bernard Cribbins in it and he ended up being in uh Doctor Who during the tenant era with Catherine Tate and they brought him back. he showed up in this episode this week, which is his last uh ever appearance before he passed away so okay yeah so yeah. he's been in both he's he's one of the I think he's the might be the only person that's been in both those movies and like Doctor Who proper.
0: Interesting. Okay. i think in the movies if i remember correctly his name is actually doctor who where doctor who and series, he's, and he he's is a human yeah. yeah yeah
3: yeah he's a he's a human uh but yeah there's people who have tried to canonize that i'm like just don't guys step outside <laughs> you know like let's uh just realize productions are a thing and everything's kind of messy it doesn't have to all neatly fit together
2: all right um, I have seen a few things. Uh, first is a uh, Silent night. this is the this is John Wu's return to American cinema after 20 year absence. Uh, not that he hasn't been making other films because um, Red Cliff is amazing and where people should do that but Silent night uh, featuring Joel Kinneman as a man whose uh, child has been murdered in gang violence and now he's been injured and he can't speak anymore so the film itself has no dialogue whatsoever but there's plenty of room for, gunfights and car chases what have you all that sounds like the ingredients for a really strong film but it's it's unfortunately not it's it's very it was actually very disappointing to be that it's not a better movie mm-hmm. um it certainly has like some of the flair that john Wu brings to a movie like if it's I, I feel like it sits in the realm of like those dtv releases that have like scott adkins or what have you that are sometimes pretty well managed this i think fits in that mold except yeah it's john woo so it like has a certain kind of polish that I think can be appreciated, and he's working with the stunt crew from the John Wick films, for example. So, like, there's effort there to, like, make the action scene shine as well as they need to, but I do think the movie just takes way too long to actually get to its action stuff, and then once you do, there's not a ton of it. And it's not as though I need like a super strong story or what have you for a movie like this. But at the same time, it's just, it doesn't use its gimmick as well as I think it could. And this doesn't deliver as well as I think a film like this could have with, I don't know, a more refined screenplay or any, I don't know any number of things. And I don't even talk about some of the other stuff that I've had issues with, but wasn't huge on silent night, unfortunately. Um, but if John Wu is energized to make more American movies or just more action movies in general, I'm all for it. Well, for seeing that, um, I also watched Eileen. This is uh a like a psycho drama starring uh, Thomas and McKenzie and Anne Hathaway. Uh, it's set in the it's set in uh, I th- not necessarily Boston, but it's set in New England because they have the accents uh, during the uh, during the 70s. Thomas so McKenzie works at a prison. Anne Hathaway gets hired on as like a new counselor. And she has everybody's attention, um, including Thomas and McKenzie's character. And as those two get closer and bonding, it's hard to describe. A turn takes place that makes things far more dramatic uh, than they once were. Um, I will say I did not expect where it went um, and where it goes. Um, and it mostly works. I do think the movie is good overall. Um, it just has a kind of jarring switch in what it's doing. But good work from everybody involved, including um, uh, Shay Wiggum, who plays Thomas McKenzie's father. Always nice to see him around. He's a solid character actor for sure. And no, um, it's a, it's a, it's a decent kind of psychological drama to work with. Um, I watched Maestro, the Bradley Cooper directed Leonard Bernstein film. I think we'll definitely have like a longer episode to discuss this movie. I will just say, uh, Bradley Cooper, good director. Um, just, to, just to throw that out there, he seems to know what he's doing and who to work with to get the stuff that he wants. Uh, oh yeah, out of, a, uh, out of a movie.
3: That guy from Alias. Yeah, the oh. guy.
2: Yeah, that guy from that guy from the wedding. The villain from the Wedding Crashers is really killing it behind the camera. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see in the in the realm of the uh, streaming holiday comedies along a family switch. I also watched Candy Cane Lane with Eddie Murphy. Todd You didn't catch up with Candy Cane Lane. I take it you, know, you only watched the one. Well, yeah, no, not yet. <laughs> no. Well, Candy Cane Lane is another one of those. Hey, Eddie Murphy's involved in a new movie. Surely he'll just set it on fire with all his hilarity, and it, it doesn't do that at all. Instead, it, it's a fairly lame holiday comedy um, about this about Eddie Murphy, who he's like he makes like handcrafted. Um, house decorations during the holidays and then he like he gets laid off from his job and so like magical elves cause issues with him that like maybe try to help him (laughs) bring Christmas to life in its own way and like succeed. It's a lot of holiday nonsense that I wish was more amusing. Wait, did
1: we just time travel to the 20 years ago?
2: (laughs) It certainly felt like it. Um, (laughs) And I was like was I expecting the prime video release of an Eddie Murphy holiday comedy to like really like bring the thunder? No.
4: Yes. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> However, I was I, I was in the zone where like, I've been, I've been enjoying Eddie Murphy as of late. So I, I, um, I enjoyed Dolomite is my name. Nothing like this. I oh, tolerated Dolomite's coming great. to America. I, I enjoyed <laughs> the, the thing with him and Jonah Hill earlier this year. Like Eddie Murphy, like he certainly like if he wants to be funny, he can certainly be funny. So he got back with director Reginald Hudlin for this. He directed Boomerang with him. I was like, all right, let's see what this has going for it. And it's just, just another one of those thousand words or meet Dave's or any number of these like Mm. thousands Eddie Murphy turns where it's like, why, why, why why is the funny (laughs) not here? I don't understand. Mm. Uh, When I saw
0: this uh, announced and you know, Eddie Murphy in a comedy called candy cane lane. I thought, Oh Could this be a feature film version of that skit he did on Saturday Night Live? Right. That would have been great. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Like, and that four minute sketch is fantastic. I watch that a lot. (laughs) This is, (laughs) this is nowhere near that. (laughs) That's. Yeah. uh, But then when it
1: comes out on Amazon prime, you'd hear a news story about NBC suing them.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, it would have been on Peacock if it had been that. There you go. That that the other thing though, this movie's two hours.
4: <laughs> what? <laughs> it's
0: like, yeah.
2: Like I turned it on, it's like 120 minutes. It's like what? What are we? What? What? How much Christmas are we dealing with here?
4: And uh, <laughs> oh
2: boy, like if it was like 80 minutes, like that's something. I was like, oh, so we're just gonna and like even as I was watching, it's like oh, so we're still having another hour of this thing. But uh yeah, no, wasn't uh wasn't big on Candy Cane Lane. Like was not a new a new coming for uh freddie murphy in the realm of family comedies unfortunately
3: sorry to hear about that i know we were all looking forward to
4: it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you and the kids don't need to gather around the uh the old mm-hmm. uh amazon campfire app uh to uh mm-hmm. settle yourselves in before turning to another channel to watch this movie um, we can watch Rudolph twice, guys. Yeah, or you can, or you can watch the puntable supply of Hanukkah movies that always come out this time of year. That's uh a...
3: we We're already through those. It's been a it's been, it's been a, <laughs> a week since Thanksgiving. So what you watched both? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, that's out of quick. Yeah. Let's move on now. Let's get to some trailer talk. We talk about some of the newest movie trailers of the week, when they're coming out, what we thought of, them, what have you. And guys. I know I always say that spiel before we talk about trailers, and sometimes the trailers that have been out for like a month or maybe a couple of weeks or whatnot, but we have two brand new trailers this week to talk about uh, because of the whole, what, CCPX, the Brazilian Comic-Con thing going on. Um, Warner Brothers was was happy enough to to deliver a couple new trailers. Uh, so the first one we're going to talk about relates to this very episode very directly because it is Godzilla x Kong. is that how you're pronouncing it?
0: I Time think comes- so. Uh, yeah, Godzilla times Kong. <laughs> Godzilla <Yeah. laughs> multiplied by mm-hmm. Kong, Cole in the New Empire.
3: Uh, that's basically. what it equals. Should have been equals. It should have it really should have been, really been
2: equals.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Maybe yeah, the next one. M- empire is the word for subtitles this year because Godzilla and Kong are doing it and the Ghostbusters are doing it, so.
4: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the
2: next one can be the next one should be Godzilla equals Kong and it's a body switch <laughs>
4: There
3: you go. There we go. I like this. I will fund that. Put it on Kickstarter.
0: That You need to bring some of the other monsters in there, too, because oh, you got yeah. to out-switch, family mm-hmm. switch, you know, so you yeah. got to get well, I, I, Rodan well, I want, and Mothra and all well, those want, guys. Yeah, so. I'd
2: want to see them switch and just so I can see, a, a, like, a forward shot of Rodan with his eyes bulging out of his head going, what? Like, <laughs> like, wings cross over, like, but he's a, and he's a... <laughs> But enough about that. Godzilla multiplied by Kong called the new empire. This is the sequel to Godzilla v. Versus Kong, but uh, a much simpler title. Sorry, <laughs> and um, it's once again directed by Adam Wingard, who directed the previous film. This is, of course, part of the Monster Verse franchise, uh, which includes the Monarch TV show currently airing. Um, it once again stars Rebecca Hall as well as Brian Tyree Henry and um, uh, Kaylee Hoddle, who was in the who she was like Kong's. Handler, I guess. The uh but we're adding on Dan Stevens this time around. Um I, I guess Alexander Skarsgard was like, no, thank you. And so they're like, okay, let's get another guy that looks similar but like a foot shorter. And so we got Dan Stevens. This I, how, how do I even describe what, what's going on in this It seems as though uh Kong has is discovering more of the the uh the other realm um that that um Hollow Earth the Hollow Earth realm. Uh, which includes uh more kongs of some kind uh, including a son a... of kong yeah, yeah <laughs> there's a son of kong it seems maybe even a mighty joe Young of some sort so we'll find out but Ooh. uh mm. but there's multiple kongs including one that seems quite ferocious and it looks like kong and godzilla are going to have to team up if they want to stop whatever new threat is uh, is arriving here alexander i want to start with you what 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 did you think of the this first look at godzilla multiplied by kong
1: um well trying to figure out how you pronounce this film's title um I was a little interested like it seems it certainly seems to be more of a kong movie more than Godzilla versus Kong was mm-hmm. where Godzilla's more of like a side character this time around <laughs> cuz it really that's it really seems like it's more focusing on Kong and his rule in hollow earth. And I'm just wondering, like, do we need Godzilla in this movie? I mean, more Godzilla is always a good thing, but there's no real reason for them to team up for a threat. That's just a giant skinny red ape. Like Godzilla <laughs> could take
0: this guy on himself. It almost looks like from the trailer, like, you know, Godzilla comes into the third act and that's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but who knows?
3: Well, I, I have to wonder is is this first trailer the Kong specific trailer and then they'll release another one that's the Godzilla specific or focus trailer? That's, that's that's what I the question I had here because I was like, Yeah, they did wait to bust Godzilla out for a while. It felt like a very Kong centric movie. Uh and even granted, the mixture
2: of the plot is very Kong centric too. Yeah,
3: granted, yeah. that's where we that's where we left things, uh was where, you know, Kong was but then you know maybe on the other side of things is like yeah, uh, all these on the on the Earth side of things like shit's happening with Godzilla, so maybe that'll be maybe. the next trailer. I mean, maybe it's yeah
1: because Godzilla versus Kong seemed to be more centered on Kong, but it also did a decent job at being a sequel to Godzilla King of the Monsters because sure. it had a whole follow up with uh Ghidorah's head. You had. Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler coming back. Uh, so MBB, it, yeah. Yeah, so it felt like, okay, it's as much a Kong movie as it is a Godzilla movie. Whereas this one, it kind of feels like Godzilla versus Mothra from 1992, where it's mostly a Mothra movie, but mm-hmm. Godzilla just happens to be at the wrong place at the wrong time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I do. It's a matter of. If Godzilla needs to call in backup, like, or sorry, if Kong needs to call in backup, it's not like he has any other options. So it's like, my, yeah, my one friend who is as big as me is Godzilla, so that's who I'm gonna call. Uh, I but I I hear you, I and I do think the I don't know how like the rights are working at this point with uh, um, you know, legendary. Obviously, they have the monarch show and everything, which is while Godzilla is not like the main feature of that show, it just happens to show up every now and then, like, that's still a you know it's the, the focus is there. we like these the monster verse. I feel like it's pivoted on Kong partly because it's you know it's a character that's easier to make into a character, right? Like there's only so much you yeah. can to do with Godzilla as a character in a film. The, I'd love to see them try, I'd love to see Godzilla's Day Out where he wakes up in the morning, gets out of bed, and does whatever he does. But <laughs> wasn't, it stand- that,
1: wasn't that Zone Fighter? That's
2: <laughs> <a great time>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but as it stands, I do think yes, like the Kong stuff. Given that there's the, the like the yes the way they left it off where he's kind of exploring you know the whole earth and everything that leaves the things that yes do seem like they would be more intriguing to Kong and maybe that's just like the way they want to go with this I know it you know it costs America <laughs> Legendary and whatever a lot of money every time they want to use Toho stuff so it seems like this is a you know it's a better way to use their resources as far as like if we limit the amount of time we have with established Toho creatures we could focus on the Kong stuff which is entirely new. Does that is that a letdown as far as between having you know having sharing maybe less time with one than the other? Not necessarily for me. It's like you know, big I, bunch of stuff. yeah,
1: yeah. I might be like, I felt like I may be arguing a lot about this trailer, but I, I let me let me rephrase this. Um I really like how these MonsterVerse movies with Kong are like finally doing something with the character beyond just aping in the pun the 1993 movie 1933 original uh-huh. like they can be kong can finally be its own thing whereas we've had nearly 70 years of crazy godzilla stuff so it's sure. like yeah let's let kong have his time
2: to do the crazy stuff huh? Todd, how about you or where are you with this trailer
0: i mean i i'm there <laughs> i you know no matter what but uh but I, I mean, I, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, I don't understand anything that's going on here. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, uh, like, you know, it's like the first glance we get of like, either one of them is like the mechanical arm popping out of the ground. I was like, what is this, the Transformers or something? Uh, you know, it threw me for a second there. But um, I mean, you know, I'm i am always down for giant monster action. So you don't have to do a lot to, to hook me. But I, I, I admit, I was thoroughly confused by the trailer. <laughs> Brandon?
3: I I have to wonder if some of the like things are some stuff's like catching up, like feedback's catching up because they had this thing kind of planned out and we're shooting. And I think this is the first one that's like after the initial plan. If you. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I feel like the general vibe from much of what happened in the first four movies was that Kong Skull Island was kind of the favorite. And maybe they're leaning on Kong because of that. Uh, the show the show deals with being a partial sequel to Skull Island. Island, while also, uh, you know, being a sequel to the 2014 film, but also focused on Kong Skull on um, Skull Island stuff. So I have to wonder if maybe they're leaning into that, uh, thinking that's maybe what people would like more Kong. I don't know. Uh, but we have, we did have a movie with a lot of Godzilla's nemesis. And maybe we're adding a one with some Kong demesies to have them build their relationship even further. Uh, I like the weirdness of the, this kind of this, like under beneath the surface of the earth world, that's upside down and stuff. And, uh, seeing some nice tech, maybe it'll have a sweet little synth score or something to make it to add to it. And, uh, no, I, I'm there to see. This is a teaser trailer and I'm pretty excited uh, to see if the summer's going to be uh, What is this one come out? Is this summer? This is an April, April movie. A- close enough. It's going to be pretty uh, ape-tastic there for a couple <laughs> months with uh, Kingdom of <laughs> the Planet is... of the Apes uh, coming out the following, the following month. Is that a yeah, it's Memorial Day. So that's going to be a good time um, with, uh, you know, apes of fight yeah you've got a... how'd y'all
1: feel how'd y'all feel about godzilla's
3: new look i'm all the, about it the pink that's cool it was oh, pink right oh. that was it's like yeah. yeah it's
2: like a pink and like yeah. really raised back um spines like yeah it's, like seems like they're like more threatening than ever <laughs> with the spines on him reminds
0: yeah. me of the movie we're going to be talking about later <laughs> uh-huh. yeah
2: yeah uh i will note the junkie xl is doing the score uh once again to the previous oh, okay. as well um so even if it's not synthy it's still i like what he's been doing with these movies um and uh, i i don't have much to add uh to this conversation beyond i'm you know it doesn't take much to convince me to just go see one of these and mm-hmm. i've mentioned many times that the monsterverse is my preferred franchise at this point it just keeps delivering the goods as far as i'm concerned so i'm not a uh, not too hung up about like the possibilities here I I liked what Adam Wingard was doing as a director in the previous film so I'm like okay cool bring him back and uh yeah.
3: he's the uh Chris Macquarie of this monster version exactly <laughs> yeah uh no I one well, thing like this is one franchise that there is no denying while well, we all stayed home for the last one because well, there was a pandemic going on I um didn't. Well, well
1: I I braved out before getting a vaccine to see that movie in IMAX I
3: got the the drive-in experience gotcha <laughs> wow. the, these these this series like commands you to see it on the largest screen possible
2: i mean the godzilla versus kong was a was a big hit uh for the mm-hmm. time that it came out in i mean that's and you mentioned yeah like that the the original plan which was going to basically con, conclude at least for that time with godzilla versus kong that's been laid out at this point and you know audiences clearly responded so here we mm-hmm. are with uh and I, and I will be curious as far as what it's uncharted. It's like if the if the goal was we're doing all this, so we could give you Godzilla versus Kong in a movie. Now what? And that that has me intrigued. And yes, the villain of this film so far is like, I, I, I don't know how much of a threat this one ape can possibly have against either one of these guys. So it makes me curious like what else we got in this movie and I, I, I'd have to think there's more or else why would you,
4: <laughs> why do you have this epic <laughs> shot
2: of the two of them running at something if there's not <laughs> if there's not something that's worthy of a battle. Unless he's got like, I don't know, <laughs> multiple arms or whatever that we're not seeing it or whatever. I, I don't know, but uh, we'll see. Um, Godzilla Times Kong, Hole of the New Empire arrives in theaters April 12th 2024. Oh, so stay tuned for that. Now let's move on. Let's get to our next trailer for Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. Rolls off the tongue that title. Um this is a prequel film set in the Mad Max universe focused on a, it's a prequel spin-off focused on the Furiosa character played by Charlize Theron of course in Mad Max Fury Road uh, now played by Anya Taylor-Joy uh, this time around. Um uh, we also have Chris Hemsworth as a warlord who dresses like thor making me wish that it was just chris hemsworth playing future version of chris hemsworth but i can't always get what mm-hmm. i want um all of that in mind george miller is of course back here directing and writing based on a screenplay i believe he's written like 20 years ago like around the same time he wrote fury road uh, so whatever story he wants to be telling with furiosa that's what we're getting um yeah uh todd i'll start with you this time are you are you a fan of the mad max series are you looking forward to this movie
0: uh, absolutely. I'm a fan of the Mad Max series um, and Fury Road specifically. That was my favorite movie of 2015. And I think I also say the best movie of 2015. Um, and I mean, I, I admit I was a little bit hesitant just when they said, OK, we're going to do a spinoff. Because it's like, eh, I, I like that when you stay with Max, you know, I like. And, and one of the things I like about the Mad Max series is just that each one of them takes me to a different corner of this universe that I, that I find interesting. There's always something new and the world keeps expanding. And I don't know the part of me saying we're going to go off now with this other character that, that we introduced in the last movie and not have Max involved. I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm down for that. Um, But like what you're saying, I'm always intrigued with what George Miller is doing and you know, Fury road has enough, uh, enough, Uh, credibility for me that you know i want to see what comes next um i mean watching this it's got a lot of the same kind of look that i really enjoyed about fury road um it seems to be a little bit heavier on the cg which i'm not quite sure how that's going to pan out because i think one of the great joys of fury road is just all this stuff that you watch and go wow they really did that you know but um i mean i'm there no matter what for this and uh yeah I, I'm I'm intrigued. Brandon?
3: Oh yeah, I think I might check out these Mad Max movies sometime. <laughs> I don't know, no, just kidding. Uh, I like what I see here. I, I think it looks visually wacky. It looks like a uh, companion piece to uh, Fury Road, but one that breaks off into its own kind of uh, world of strangeness. Hemsworth getting to be Australian is wonderful. Um, if you're not going to use Charlize Theron, Annie Taylor-Joy as the young one is a great substitute for me. And the one thing so like I'm, I'm just like, cool, stoked, psyched for this. The one thing I'm worried about is Warner Brothers handling of this because uh, this trailer, like it's the marketing, it's, I shouldn't care about whether people see this or not. I'm getting to see this movie. I'm going to have a good time. Hope it's great. They, like, have, like, a Star Wars scroll to, like, open this thing. Then they have a, a subtitle on the movie that's, like, a Mad Max saga. And then remember right. remember her at the end. Like, just, it's Furiosa. It doesn't look like you have to know a damn thing about Mad Max or associate it with it to go see this movie and have fun. Isn't that what they want? A lot of the times it used to be, you know, sometimes when they, the reason why we would come up with mouthful, uh, titles like something colon this and not a number was to confuse the general movie goer that it's not a sequel and now here we are trying to force them to know it's a it's a sequel. Uh, i just called it Furiosa. Showed this action stuff. Not had like a you know 20 second like here's some words that tell you what this is where we're going with what this is all about. Let it let it show you that thing or just show you fun and action um mm. But, like, that's my worry here. I'm like, dude, just let this movie ride. Let it be, like, use visionary George Miller, director of Fury Road. That'll be enough to clue people in. You know, like, that's, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, who who was worried about this movie in the marketing team that put all this unnecessary baggage on it? That might be a turnoff for people because do I have to watch? People might go, oh, Mad Men. Ma- oh, I haven't seen any of those. Do I have to watch? all that to, if, you know
0: if i had to it has guess, been nine years after all <laughs> if i you know
2: if, yeah. if i true if i if i had to guess as to the logic behind some of this i i'd wager that george miller fury road was such a just a, such a huge hit as far as it, it wasn't a billion dollar grocer but it made money and also you know mm-hmm. it clean it was the best reviewed film of that year and it cleaned up in awards and that makes me think George Miller got a pretty big pass to do whatever he wanted with whatever mm-hmm. this is. And that means it's probably a really weird movie. <laughs> and I feel like that's why they need to like sell the <laughs> things You just need to you... get people
3: there. That's I th- it.
2: I think. Th- well, yeah. But I think they need to sell you on certain things that the general audience might not already be aware of. Or like, obviously, we're mm-hmm. we get it. And I hear what you're saying as far as it could go back. It could turn backwards on them. I'm not. I, I don't not suspect that being a possibility. But I do think that, like, if they have to like wager either do this or don't do this, they're going to choose to do this so they can attract as many eyes as possible because of whatever the resulting film is. It's probably weird as fuck. I mean, it's this probably is, it, it, probably George Miller going into overdrive on the weirdness of this world.
3: This is probably the Dark Knight Rises situation, where it's like uh, whatever, call it what you want, to get to make the movie I make. You know, like yeah,
2: no, this is a, this is very much a blank check movie for George Miller. Like, there's yeah. So I mean, I I agree with you as far as the overboardness of some of the padding that they have on here as far as the trailer mm-hmm. as far as the trailer goes i
3: i mean it's more oh man, yeah it's yeah more,
2: it's more of this <laughs> like it's more yeah. mad back stuff i'm all about it
3: agreed no that's what i
2: said Todd,
3: I, I like what i see
2: <laughs> Todd, Todd, i i can hear you on like the cg thing with i mean the two things that occur to me are one it's six months away um uh, as far as whatever the final look of this thing's gonna go with and fury road miller is the first person to say this there's not a single shot in that movie that's not amplified by cgi in some way one or the other so it's like I, I, oh I have, sure i have little doubt that george miller is not aware of what he's doing as far as how to compose this is would it be is it we haven't seen this movie yet to really know is it more impressive that fury road has like so much crazy physical stuff going on versus whatever's taking place in this movie well i don't really don't really know what this movie is yet so i you know i'm curious like I'm sure it'll be wall-to-wall action type stuff. I'll be curious how deep it goes on the, you know, like car chases or what have you, since that's what this franchise is largely known for. But we'll see, I guess. But I mean, I'm all about it. Um, regardless, just because Miller Miller has an amazing batting average when it comes to his movies for me. So but uh, Alexander, where are you with all this, with all the the mad maxness? So this is probably the part
1: of the show where I get booted off. <laughs> um Fury Road is the only Mad Max movie I've seen. And I think it's a great back and forth car chase. Didn't really hook me emotionally. Like I kind of look at some of the, like the accolades it's gotten or the praise. I'm like, I mean, it's good, but it it didn't really like hit me in like a emotional way. And I think part of that is because it was the first Mad Max movie I saw. So part of me is like, well, Mad Max is not really part of this movie. He's mostly a hood ornament. Uh, but Charlie's Theron's Furiosa was cool. So this trailer, um, yeah, it does seem to rely a little heavily on CG compared to Fury Road. But this looks like something. It's like now that I know that this is the Furiosa movie, uh, this looks like something I'm, I could embrace fully.
2: All yeah. right. Well, you know, after you finish the Lord of the Rings watch, obviously Mad Max needs to be the next stop, I would say. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. And I don't I don't have to spend uh, like two days watching one movie.
2: Very also very true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else we have to say here. Furiosa, a Mad Max saga, which is certainly a long title to say every time, uh, arrives at theaters uh, May 24th, 2024. Is that the same as when's Kingdom of the Planets come out?
1: I think that's the same day. That's
0: Memorial Day weekend. Wow. Uh, Choices.
1: So I get, man, Hollywood's really trying to. Yeah, they're on the
2: same day. And they're both dystopian future movies.
1: (laughs) 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 It's it's 20th century and Warner Brothers going, hey, Internet, you can create your own Barbenheimer thing with these two. And the Internet's Mm -hmm. like, we'll see. Mm -hmm. You don't get to decide what we do.
2: Well, Apiosa comes out.
4: Apiosa, yeah, Hey, let's go to Apiosa. <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, well, that's to talk. Let's move on now. Let's get let's get to it. Let's get to our main review for Godzilla minus one. Godzilla. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for Godzilla Minus One. In 2004, we had Godzilla Final Wars, which was the final entry in the Millennium Era of Toho's Godzilla franchise. 2016 saw The Return with Shin Godzilla, the first entry entry in the Reva era. Now... We, we, and we also have three other animated Godzilla films in that era as well. Shin was a critically acclaimed hit, going on to win Japan's equivalent of the Best Picture Award. Now we have Godzilla Minus One, from writer, director, and visual effects supervisor Takashi Yamazaki. For this film, we are taken back to the late 1940s, where Japan is still dealing with the loss of the war and the destruction from the air raids and, of course, the atomic bomb. We focus largely on a reluctant kamikaze pilot who has plagued the survivor's guilt having held back at a crucial moment and experiencing a Godzilla encounter. Now the giant monster is attacking Japan, and the efforts of the citizens in mourning may be the only ones who can stop him. Alexander, I want to start with you. Yes. What are your thoughts on Godzilla minus one?
1: Well I was excited for this movie because the legendary is always going to give some like fun Godzilla movie, even if some of the even if it's not like to the standards of what Japan often gets. So a Japanese Godzilla movie is always going to be a bigger priority for me. And I had heard, I think we, we all heard like great things about this movie from Japan. Cause it came out a month, a month ago today, actually as of recording. And uh, I was not, ex- I really was not expecting this movie to be as good as it was. Uh, do I think it's as good as the original 1954 film No, but it is it is so, so close in my eyes. And that 1954 movie is my second favorite movie of all time behind the original Back to the Future. So that it's a miracle in itself that it could come as close to being as good as my second favorite movie ever. Like it is just it's the perfect Godzilla movie in my eyes.
2: All right. Well, high praise. Todd, let me go to you now. What is I I don't exactly know your experience of Godzilla, so I'm curious what what's your what's your familiarity with the with the Toho Godzilla films and what you think of this movie?
0: Oh, I I enjoy Godzilla a lot. I I definitely am not uh uh I haven't completed them all. There are definitely holes in what I've watched, but I mean, I saw bits and pieces of lots of them on TV when I was a kid. Uh you know, like Sven Gulli would show them or something like that. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I, I I definitely have a spot, soft spot for Godzilla and and kaiju films in general. I mean, I, I've often talked about how, as a parent, I set out on a mission to expose my children to certain movies as they grew up, and the original Godzilla was definitely one of them. And um, this movie rocks. <laughs> this 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 uh, I, I think was one of the most satisfying experiences I've had in the theater all year um it was just there was a wonderful energy in the theater i mean so much so that when it was done uh there were multiple people in my theater uh and this was on a friday afternoon that stayed through the whole credits and as we got up and we're leaving and the lights were on they they turned to me complete strangers turned to me and, and being like what'd you think of that? It was like, that was great. They're like, yeah, that was great. <laughs> and we will start talking about, about this movie. And, and uh, you know, it's, it, it does some things, you know, I, I certainly didn't expect uh, it. It honors what's come before for sure. There's some wonderful throwbacks to the original. I think especially the, the iconic music cues coming in there. Um, but uh, I mean, this, movie i i was i was blown away i'm sure we'll get into this more just how we have a godzilla movie with massive destruction but it's a very personal story and i thought that was wonderful
2: all right brandon peters i i'm aware that you certainly were familiar with godzilla beforehand but like during a, the time of your previous podcast he spends a lot of effort to see all of the godzilla films leading up to i think king of the monsters at that time if i'm not mistaken
3: well no no it was just a thing uh i was going through my criterion set that i had got so uh i ended my old uh my old podcast uh ended uh with a run of all the showa era godzilla movies Mm -hmm. and and then, you know, the pandemic hit and I decided, you know what? I'm going to finish these because i had never seen all of them. Mm-hmm. So while a lot of people are are checking out different, you know, various old catalog things uh, while we were all in our homes, uh, I I went through the Godzilla. Um, Biolante was the because t- I was trying to buy them all on Blu-ray. Sure. And Biolante was the toughest one to find. But Archive.org had it uh, with English subtitles you to go. watch. So. That is one I was't able to purchase, but I was just you know order them to my door watching Godzilla. I got through the high sea and millennium eras and uh became a fan myself of it. as you know i I have a adoration for Hedora the smoke monster, our smog monster, <laughs> sorry. Um, and because of his looks generally because of how attracted you are to him. handsome, yeah. handsome <laughs> handsome so i i'm i'm I'd say like I am more on the uh Newer, I've always been a fan of the original film, and I've seen that quite a few times, uh, and I'd seen a, cu- a couple others, but not, nothing I would be like, oh, that's that one, and, you know, beforehand. So, And I'd always kept up with the, the United States output uh, for better and for worse. Mm-hmm. One worse that we're talking about. I think I saw like Godzilla 2000 when it came out on like DVD back, back in the day. But uh, yeah, so I would say I'm newer on the like hardcore fandom side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, I've, I've you know has told me about Godzilla Twitter or Godzilla X. Cause, oh, that's why it's X now. They're trying to announce like, hey guys, it's not Godzilla Twitter anymore. It's Godzilla. <laughs> uh, there we go. X is all the rage. So, uh, which is a fun place. Which I I don't know if I follow all the right people, but I do have some, and it pops up in there. And it's a, it's a it's a good community. Uh, the Godzilla fans that I have seen. Um, so with all that in man. mind,
2: what did you think of this movie?
3: Well, I, I hate to be the one to disappoint everybody uh, <laughs> listening, because I'm just going to agree with the first two people, so there's no contrarian <laughs> yet right. here. Uh, this was magnificent, and I, I got I to echo Todd here, because I'm, I, I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana, you know, hotbed for Godzilla uh, stuff. <laughs> 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 and Anyway, I took my son with me and we went to uh, an afternoon showing and I went based on time uh, at an AMC, like it was a, a, a afternoon, time worked out because I didn't feel like going in the evening and wound up being like a packed show. <laughs> I was like, what, really? I was like, this is, this is awesome. And then like after the show, it wasn't like everybody turned to everybody but you could feel excitement leaving the theater with everybody that was in there. And we all had our like IMAX posters that we got going in and everything, (laughs) but it was, it was, but everybody, it was funny because it wasn't the type of audience engagement where, you know, there's people cheering throughout and you could just kind of feel people. It was the, after the movie that you felt. So everybody was so attuned to this movie that they couldn't even think to react in a uh, audible way that you sort of get with crowds sometimes. Uh it was just uh, everybody must have been in awe and then or just soaking it in and then um then walking out uh enthused. And I have to say too, I was I there was a lot of hyperbole going on bef- uh around this film before I was able to see it. Uh it, you know, I you know, Aaron came to be glowing about it, but I'm like, well, this is his thing. So if there's a good one, he's going to come back, you know, positive. But then I saw like everybody on social media is like hyping the crap out of it so I was like okay uh, I, you know I'm guessing this is going to be solid at least and I was a big fan of Shin Godzilla so I was kind of like ah well they're not going to follow that anymore but uh, go to see this but that one came out did its thing and then this one does something even better where it has like the the strength of that and adds an emotional core and characters to what they learn from there and they have made a magnificent Godzilla film uh, that you know the hyperbole was justified. And I have to say, I don't know where it falls on my Godzilla, like favorite skill, but it's arguing in the top spots. And I have to say, this is probably the very best protagonist story in a Godzilla film um, mm-hmm. that I've seen. 100%. And, and they actually, they fit. Uh, the the thing I liked about why I mentioned hadora before but the thing I liked about that film uh, when I first saw it and I've seen it subsequent times is because it's a time where Godzilla is facing a monster that is of his own origins as well because you know humanity man created Godzilla with all the radiation and then man creates Idora with all the pollution. So he's at odds with almost like himself a mirror image or himself gone awry or different different kind of thing. Uh, and then here, they perfectly tie this guy to the war, to Godzilla, to, like, the repercussions, to, you know, like, going against, you know, the political ideolo- and military ideology of Japan at the time. Like, and weaving it into a Godzilla story where you're just emotionally invested big time. Like, every time, what do you hear about Godzilla films all the time? Oh, the characters, we like you don't love the movie these movies for the right reasons apparently or you uh, everything else but this one like nailed that tremendously beyond belief and i was just i was it. Cap- i mean and this was a, a nice godzilla at sea picture most of the action was out on the water and very well done suspenseful uh in parts uh en- engaging like very good geography uh, with uh, you know setups and and showcasing and explaining sciences to an audience, and then showing them in action, and without over goobly gobly gook techno babbling it, and yeah, I, I I'll I'll quit babbling. But this was this is this is something you should go see right now if you want a blockbuster in the theater that's gonna deliver. Like choose this, like seriously.
2: So I have seen this um, three times now. I've seen this movie. Um, I uh, can't stop watching Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's very, very good. I was happy enough to be able to see the uh, the uh, the the L.A. U.S. premiere of the movie, which was cool. And then, yeah, I went and saw the uh, the fan, the, the fan event or whatever screen that was on that like Wednesday this past week. And then I took my dad to go see it this after this earlier this afternoon um dad's movie corner he really liked it a lot he was a big fan um clearly (laughs) i must i must enjoy this movie to some extent and i really do it'll probably raise in time as far as my rankings of godzilla films go but i have it in the top five currently i mean it does the job so damn well um but i think the the thing that so works for me is how much of a crowd pleaser it is i i really like that it's a film that wants to, like, get the audience pumped not just because, like, hey, the giant monster's here stomping on stuff. Um, If anything, it wants you to resent that. It wants you to be fearful of the fact that this monster's just stomping on stuff. Instead, it wants you to just get behind what's taking place with, yes, the human drama going on um, and what's going on specifically with the with our our main star uh, Ryanosuke Kamiki, um, who's, like, a huge Japanese star, and, like, they put him here, lead of this movie, and, yeah, they give so much good work for him to do as far as what his path is that by the end of this movie when you see the arc fully play out you are entirely rooting for him as well as the people of Japan uh, to solve this problem that is Godzilla in a way that you get from the best sort of blockbusters that have you just rooting for a win and that makes this film just feel like special in a way that I don't normally feel when it comes to Godzilla movies like there's a number of points where the movie actively wants to make you cry like in a Godzilla movie like it's going out of mm-hmm. its way to be like you should get emotional in these scenes uh, that's very <laughs> I, I put a lot of respect to to uh, Takashi Yamazaki on that as far as how far we've come to enjoy Godzilla at this level uh, Todd, like Todd as you've mentioned like we were talking about the Godzilla multiplied by Kong trailer Um, the bar for enjoying one of these movies is not really high for Godzilla fans I feel like if you're giving us Godzilla (laughs) like yeah you've already won (laughs) like that's pretty much that's why Brandon you mentioned Godzilla Twitter that's why the fandom's so cool like there's not a lot of dissent as far as what's not to like about this because it's like okay yeah maybe some of the human plots aren't as good as the others or whatever but like there's Godzilla, there's a city, it's destroyed. Like, we've fulfilled a certain requirement that's needed, and now everything else is gravy. And this one just goes so above and beyond what you would ideally, you know, at the very least expect from a movie like this, that it remains impressive to me that it's amounting the kind of critical acclaim that it has. Uh, like it's nice to like like this movie I'm happy to support it as much as I can but like seeing that like the world is just like over the moon about this not that I need like a verification of how I feel about something but it's like I know that I can separate my fandom from how I appreciate a movie and the fact that it's like you know I'm not alone here like this is like, really doing the job good <laughs> like, I'm, I'm very <laughs> I, I'm happy about that Um I we can talk more about like specifics or what have you, but like, yeah, this movie just delivers uh, in so many ways Um, from just the, the look of it, the effects, the music, uh the human stuff. We already talked about a bit. We've talked about it more like every aspect of this thing is like, Alexander, you mentioned it makes for the perfect kind of Godzilla movie. Like, I don't know what it's not doing as far as, what what it could what else it could be beyond i guess like having other monsters like that's like that's that's it's like it's just like yeah this is a versus godzilla movie as opposed to a godzilla versus something else movie or time something else obviously um Hmm. so (laughs) with with all of that said um where can we start where uh, let's
0: see well well i i was gonna say actually one of the you're talking about the things that it does so well here. One of the things I liked the most about this movie has nothing to do with Godzilla. Sure. I mean, the, the story itself about this, this pilot who, you know, has a degree of guilt, you know, chickened out in some people's minds, you know, all that he's dealing with there and the relationship with this woman and the baby. Um, and then he takes this job, you know, sweeping for mines and all that. I was like, I want to see this movie. I want to see this story. Just you know, forget about Godzilla. I I I think this is a cool story by itself. Um, Godzilla was just icing on the cake, you know. So yeah, one of the um, best
2: things you can say about this movie is that it works as a interesting post war drama that just happens to have a right. giant monster in the middle of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that you know, as I say, we you know, I. These conversations struck up with just random people as we were leaving the theater, and we were all like, "Yeah, that's a great movie. If Godzilla wasn't in it."
2: (laughs) Alexander, do you want to add something on that?
0: I would say that. I
1: mean, I totally agree that probably the more interesting stuff about the movie is not uh, Godzilla-based, because it's like you're watching a human drama with fantastic performances, and you're never bored. You're fully engaged. I will say, though, like Godzilla's Godzilla does is important to why he's having this guilt. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you kind of need Godzilla in. Otherwise, I mean, we don't get we don't get a we don't get, a, we to, don't get an understanding
2: to a degree what, to a degree. I mean, and obviously it's just that's just not the movie. But like I can see, a, you know, you do a few rewrites and you can, make, you can make certain things about bombings or whatnot. Take the place of the giant monster. Sure. Well, it, yeah.
0: Well, and out. I think. I think there's a degree of guilt in the characters here that just stems from the war itself and you know i'm speaking as someone that's not japanese i have no terror no heritage in that area but you know i i think just the idea of you know there there's several times in the film where they bring up the way that the government um betrayed them so to speak and they're ashamed of the role that they played in the war um I have experienced that. So many years ago I was in Singapore Mm -hmm. and in a museum there in Singapore, where there was an area that was about the Japanese occupation of Singapore. And my friend who was from Singapore hosting me there, he kind of nudged me at one point. He says, you you see those people over there? You can tell they're, they're Japanese because they were hanging their heads and they were apologizing to people in you know in this room that was uh, you know about this part of history because there is this this regret the shame that they they feel for you know that time in history and i kind of got that sense watching the film like there's this you know this just feeling of you know guilt in terms of how things panned out and the alignments that they had the allies that they had during during that point in history um and almost like you know they see the chance of defeating Godzilla as a way to redeem themselves for, uh, you know, whatever uh, atrocities they were a part of during the yeah. war. Yeah.
1: I, was... oh. I would say it's not about like going out there to die. It's about going out there to fight for survival. Mm-hmm. I would say like this movie in a way, like seeing the Japanese side of post-World War II uh, kind of reminds me very much of the, the all quiet on the Western front from last year. It's like, we're getting a completely different side of a war that we were on the opposite end of uh, from a country that like, actually, how do I phrase it? Like told from the country we were fighting, uh, even though this movie is basically a giant monster movie. You do have those interesting angles that as Americans, we don't really think about. uh.
3: Brandon. Yeah, I was going to say, in terms of the war uh, mentality, uh, I was getting a, a sort of uh, thoughts and re- being reminded of uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2, where it's this movie where it's just a movie, but it feels like they're trying to take back and win the thing they lost. And this Godzilla... Do we get to win this time? Yeah, yeah do we get <laughs> to win this time? And the Godzilla represents uh, that sort of Second chance at at the war, um, with with doing that. Um, not that those these movies are anything alike, but it's <laughs> they sort of have that uh, idea of having that shot, uh, and making you feel make it you know could make someone feel like yeah, but it's like it was just a movie. We didn't really actually go back and. For sure, and but you're hinting things, at
2: you're no. you're knocking at something that I I do think is similar between those films, where like obviously like James Cameron famously is written that script but stallone took it in its own direction and so there's certainly different camps as far as what's the thing to believe in as far as the conservative take on rambo part you know first blood part two or the more the other well, side and things. their
3: own country ends up being like yeah we ain't gonna help you with this sorry uh, yeah and, we're, we're,
2: we're, and i I think with this movie if there's a if there's anything that makes that stems to why i splitting hairs but i prefer shin over this one is that it the meat there involving the war and its portrayal of such things, you could see. I could you could see a slant that there's a yeah, certainly the side that leans on Japan's version of what's taking place here. Like it's, a, it's Japan propaganda essentially. Like it, which, yeah. you know, it's a Japan it's a Japanese movie made by Japanese filmmakers. But certainly, there's a conservative side to Japan, just like there's a conservative side in America. And I feel like it certainly wants to lean more on that side than the other. Not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to a monster movie where you don't need to really ride on the politics of it all but i do think there's room for a bit more meat on the bone to explore that but at the same time it's like that's a godzilla movie like how much do i really need to ask for well
3: and and there's and i I do
2: think just to to wrap that up i do think it that does help separate it from shin which is so heavily into the politics and the satirical nature of what's going Mm -hmm. on with the government in that movie where this movie's more visceral and straightforward as far as what it's trying to present to you
3: Right. And there's the, the hang in the head thing, too, with the, the war stuff that uh, Todd was bringing up. I, I do I think it's so interesting to watch how this guy who, uh, I've, it, you know, his his character base is that he chickened out of being a kamikaze pilot by faking or acting as if his plane was having some malfunctions in the opening of the film. Uh, and like. Oh, the way people look at him and treat him as if, like, yeah, if I would have died, then everything would have been all right. Just me. Just me, <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. If <laughs> I just flew my plane into one plane, that would have changed the entire We would have not got a nuke drop. Well, you off. see where that, so, and I know you
2: see where it comes from, but it's like, well, yeah, I here's do. A but it's a living embodiment like, of one guy, of yeah, someone that didn't do the thing.
3: And here, he yeah. I never imagined And to see it in action in this sure. movie was cutting okay. you think that, yeah, just to be like, well, wow. Yeah. Um, And he carries guilt because of that on some deaths that happen as well that he has to carry and thinks he's responsible for.
2: It's a really good performance. Like, I, you know, it's always that thing where, when it's, you know, not in a language that I'm, it's like, it's hard. It, you know, it can be hard to necessarily like read, like, well, how well, how good is the acting? But at the same time, it's like, well, you can see Mm -hmm. the emotions. You can see what's taking place here. And I do think, especially for a Godzilla movie, there's a, there's good work here. Like having seen this movie three fucking times. Like, I mean, there's some certain tough reactions, scenes. Seeing reactions between like the various other cast members, or like the little girl that he has, and like how he responds to, or like to to um to Norco his his uh. I don't know, partner. <laughs> be yeah. There, mm-hmm. yeah, well,
3: yeah. There's refusal to embrace the family he's been given. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: there, there's a lot there that just resonates, and it'll, you know, not, and I can't even like necessarily relate to this drama, but like it's working well. Like which speaks again to the fact that we really like the human story going on here.
3: Yeah, yeah. no, and she she has that whole thing where like through her character, she has the revelation at a point in the film where she's like, "Well, well this a whole new world now. I don't have to be." housewife maybe isn't it i have to go and make a living you know i have to go out you know even though there's a child and stuff like that but uh you know i have to this is this is the new world for us whereas normally she'd been able to and her goal was to sit be relegated to a, a housewife and raise a child and stuff where she's like you know what? That's not the world we live in now. And-
2: well, it's also because this jerk is not getting over stuff, and he's like, he's she's not my wife.
0: <laughs> it's like, all right, fine, yeah, right, I'll go I said,
2: out. I'm not your dad. I'm not your dad. <laughs> And this whole crew is fun, like him and the Minesweeper yeah. crew. With, uh, oh, they're Captain great! And they're yeah. wonderful. Yeah, scientist guy and the kid. Like I want, you know, that'd be a fun series in itself. Just minesweepers coming to fall. The fox. What are
0: we going <laughs> to see? The, what, what was the the main guy was named uh, Doc. He was one Doc. of my favorite yeah. guys. The whole thing, just you know, this kind of quirky, off kilter guy who you know takes charge of the little kind of homemade operation to bring Godzilla down. I have um, convinced know, you, you myself.
2: I've convinced myself he was hired because of his hair. Like, because of it looks great hair, great hair,
3: but it's great how goofily he set up. And then, you know, when he comes up with that plan and it, it Oh, he takes charge. Know, yeah. It, it, yeah. It takes charge and it initiates conflict with him and our, and our lead there that it's like, Oh, okay. Because we had this fun relationship before, when it comes to a head, you really feel it. Um, when he's like, you, you're not hundred percent certain, man. Well, you got plan B. Well, this <laughs>
1: plan B going to
0: work.
3: <laughs>
1: Well it's like well we well, and- got to try it.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well and the whole kind of you know like I said ragtag homemade aspect of the whole plan here. I that was one part where at first I was a little bit like I I don't know if I'm totally on board with this, you know that the the government's just like you know, all right it, you're on your own and then they throw together this plan which you know it, they do the little presentation you know here's how the science all works and i'm going okay i don't know if that really works or not but whatever it's a godzilla movie you know so at first i was a little bit like okay maybe this is you know a little bit too uh out there that it's just you know the, the locals band together and do this but then i started thinking about it and i was like i don't have a problem with that in like Independence Day. I mean, that's essentially the last yeah. act of Independence Day, and I mean, e- even then, this Doc character, he almost has this like Bill Pullman-ish speech moment that I thought was great. Right. Right. Yeah. You
2: you could even argue that the plan really doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's more of a well, we did a lot of stuff to get him in a certain way, so hopefully there's some last gasp that might work out for us instead. <laughs> like it's it, it, it
0: does feel like a. This is the best we got. Like,
2: what? Yeah, yeah. what is the, the, the plan? Doesn't time? work
0: in the Last Jedi either. You know, I was thinking Last Jedi as I was watching this thing because I was like, yeah, they they set all this stuff in motion, and then really none of that works, and they have to do something else. Um, let's talk about Godzilla now
2: uh, a bit here. The um, the monster itself. Um, something I really liked about this movie is that he is actually scary in this film like oh I, yeah I, the the effort put into like make him a scary monster uh really impressed me uh for one thing because it actually was scary like the way they shoot him the way they portray him it i i don't think there's ever been a scarier godzilla like the i know the director is a big fan of gmk um giant monsters all out of Attack, um as well as the original film and like that shows just based on how you know villainous the godzilla is in this film and and gmk specifically godzilla's he's a villain, but I don't think he's necessarily as, it's more of the situation he's in makes it scary as opposed to the monster itself is specifically scary. But like here, it's like, this thing's vicious and mean. Um, And the other thing, it's smaller, uh, which I, with all the, you know, th- the measuring contest, it seems between American and Toho films over the years, as far as who can make a bigger Godzilla, this is the first one where it's like, what if we made them smaller?
4: <laughs> like, yeah. Look yeah. And
2: I found well, that's really effective. I think it, it made it, it created a new sort of menace that I wasn't um, uh, you know, uh, used to with this kind of movie
0: though i love some of the scenes later in the film where you know, we get the big godzilla the scariest scene for me with godzilla is the one right at the start of the film where it is a smaller version he hasn't grown yet because of the atomic blast and whatnot He taxed the base on the island and so it's a smaller version and that was a terrifying sequence it, the fact that it's at night you know they're they're kind of randomly shooting you can only partially see him and such he's picking yeah. up people and tossing them around and i was like yeah you know, it's it's a great kickoff to the movie because sometimes you have to wait a while for godzilla to actually show up in these things but they they stick him in there 10 minutes into the movie and it's it was a highlight scene for me yeah.
1: but I, they also don't build him up huh? like it's not one of those like oh you see a feet do you see a tail it pans up and there he is no they just pan the camera to the right and boom, there he is. It goes so, for
2: kind yeah. of a jump scare, almost as far
1: as guess. right, so yeah, yeah, Which it which took me by surprise, like the minute they revealed him, I was like, whoa,
3: yeah. I, I'd say what there's four major sequences in this, like, sure. and it's yeah. like there's two on two on land and two by sea, two if by sea, yes, if <laughs> <Two laughs> yeah. by sea. So yeah, the, and I mean yeah, they write up for the. I mean they're probably going with the motif of like you know what Godzilla looks like. Yeah, you you know, you don't know what ours probably looks like, but you're going to see him and we don't need to we don't need to beat around the bush. Let's 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 play with showing him and scaring you right from the moment you see him rather than just the opening sequence be like, "What is that?" Oh, just feet everywhere and maybe something crashing, but
2: well, it's like even yeah. when he gets to the bigger size cuz he does, he get like the idea is that when the uh, they do the nuclear testing like that mm-hmm. sets him off to become even bigger than he already was. Um and he's angry about it um he's still it's still like he's not like a this like existential threat kind of size where it's like it's just so like i can't fathom what that bigness really means so i'm just going with that's dangerous this is like it's still a reasonable so like when the jets flying around or the planes flying around and there's no jets when the planes flying around him it's still like Uh, you know, it can grab it with a hand, and it like fits in its palm. It's not like this tiny Mm -hmm. insect on it. So it's like it's that's such a different Mm -hmm. kind of thing that I'm used to when it comes to Godzilla. And so, like when he's tearing down part of Tokyo in Ginza, like it 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 feels like it's a different sort of like he's he has to work to knock down these buildings, as opposed to just like taking one step and it's gone. Like there's just something about that that feels more tangible which is a weird thing to use so it's like it's like it's there in its own way that just i found to be really neat also hit the fucking atomic breath he's got in this movie is insane oh, oh gosh yeah oh,
3: okay. that's a that's a blast in itself like have they ever used it where it like has the sort of like a new mushroom cloud, go, yeah, the, mushroom yeah. cloud I don't, the show it like the blast that The wind and all that—it's
2: never had that kind of an impact. That's so evocative, very purposely evocative, given the time it's set in. So it's like just seeing mushroom clouds forming from the fact that it's using this thing. Like Shin Godzilla went to town on how to use the breath in its own new way, but like it wasn't as—it was more like, look how much damage it's causing, as opposed to like look at the, you know, the extremity of how how big this thing is, and like this Mm -hmm. one. And this one makes it like a crucial plot point and everything, too. So it's like, it just makes it doubly effective. It just looks cool, like the way he... Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's neat to see the different versions of how these guys, how these you know, different directors take on Godzilla and the charging up or what have you. This one's like... (laughs) It's, you know, it means business when it starts getting to go. Well,
1: it's like, why are y'all staring at this? His spine's glowing. I mean, not that running would make any difference.
3: (laughs) Well, I I think it, it... Compared to other, you know, when you see him charging up, you're like, oh no. But this one, you're like, really? Oh no, because it's not just the blast. There's the aftershock of it, too, that does a heck of a lot of damage. And, you know, when it, they, you know, they build up in, in, uh, you know, sort of the climactic sequence, because that's, that's a, you know, of course his breath plays a factor in that. You're like, no, hurry, hurry, hurry. Yeah. You know, cause, cause it, yeah, there's no, if you're, if you're close enough proximity, there's, there's no surviving. Even if he misses, you're still gonna you're gonna feel the aftershock effects that are still devastating.
2: It's a it's a really cool take on the the design of this and everything. And yeah, you mentioned the spines earlier and like yeah, the spines are huge. And <laughs> like it's a mm-hmm. it look, it's very like gravelly, rocky looking guy. Like you know, like Godzilla it, is it, always like sharp looking. This one looks like if you touch it, it'll prick you. Like it's just <laughs> <the> right. will <laughs> cut you in half. Yeah. Um And the scare factor. I mean, you, uh, Brandon, you mentioned like the sea, the uh, the ocean scenes in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, it has a especially like the first ocean encounter we have in Godzilla. One of like the tensest scenes I've had in a movie this year, like as far as what it's how it's using sound, how it's raising the stakes and how it, you know, again, s- still being like fairly personal, given that the you know, it's it's amounting to a couple of characters as opposed to like an entire city. Just really well done. Like, I was so impressed with the, how caught up I was in, like, the tension of the Godzilla film, you know, compared to just being like, you know, here it comes, let's see the stomping, let's see the destruction, whatnot. This is just like, let's really, like, catch you off guard with how
0: dangerous this thing can be. I loved the focus in Godzilla's eyes as he's following the boat, Uh, you know, I mean, just because I mean, a lot of times Godzilla is just stomping and sometimes you feel like there's a randomness to the destruction and here, his eyes are just focused and locked in on that boat. He's following. And you know, there's nothing random about it. Yeah. He's like, it's
2: like you knocked over his ice cream and now he wants to get revenge. (laughs)
3: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that that mine sequence where he's chasing the butts—that's that's excellent. That is—I just feels like something I've, i i don't feel like I've seen anything like that in a Godzilla film before, and that's a the heck of a sequence. Yeah, of su- just suspense and you know setups the, and
1: and the score being as like somber and horrific as it is, like I love that how this music the, the original score here doesn't really feel all that bombastic until sure. they use the ifakube stuff mm-hmm. and it just it fits perfectly again with the horror element that they're going for
0: they use the original music cues at just the right moments it yeah. it, it it works perfectly in fact i i looked over at, at when the the uh this the iconic score started in the big climax and i caught myself tapping my foot and that and i just kind of randomly looked down the aisle at the person sitting several seats down for me and i could see that he was doing the same thing i was like ah clearly another fan here mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know that that classic music cue uh it, it's it's not a fan service thing at all it comes in perfectly and it's as, mm-hmm. as effective maybe even more effective than it as it was in the 1950s there was an uh, applause
2: break when I saw it the first time, when the score first kicks, when the original score first kicks in. And um, this, Pat, when I just saw it just a few hours ago, um, there's, because there's there's portions of that score. And they're, like, the- when it uses a-, a certain portion that's more of the heroic side of that score, uh, there were people clapping it for that part of it, too, which was, like, really fun to see. <laughs> like, everyone's just so, like, on board uh, with the the human resistance aspect of all this, which was... Exactly what makes it crowd pleasing and why it's so enjoyable part of why it's so mm-hmm. enjoyable? Um, effects wise, because we talked about this Godzilla, and obviously it looks a certain way. Uh, this movie, um, it, uh, it it costs fifteen million in American money. Um, now, granted, Japanese films in general that's on the higher end for a Japanese movie. Uh, but that said, it's still fifteen million. Um, I think this movie looks pretty terrific. Uh, the, yeah. the the look of Godzilla. Same. Like, we're talking about the water scenes. I am assuming all of that is CG, but boy, does that look close to being a model as well. Like, I can't quite tell what what's going on here. And I think that's, I, I say that as a compliment as far as I'm not sure how they made some of this stuff work. Uh, and mm-hmm. again, I've seen it multiple times at this point. I'm still like having trouble trying to like find any seams in all of this, which speaks to, I think, how effective the Work is done now. It helps you have a director who's also a visual effects artist. Um, I, I, I think just you know, just having a certain kind of know how allows for certain understandings of like what to do and how to blend and what have you. But man, I, I, how do you guys feel about the the look of the of this movie as far as the visual effects?
1: It's astounding. I mean that that whole like sequence where Godzilla's is chasing our heroes on the boat. Uh, I there are points where like there's close ups on him where it looks like a model. And then integrating it with the actual boat. I'm like, okay, Godzilla's clearly CG, but did they actually go out to the ocean and shoot this? I can't imagine they did, but it looks so uh-huh. good to where I believe it. Right.
0: Yeah. Any thoughts here? Uh, there's, there's moments well, with they're... the... Uh... The like the trains and the tanks and things like that, where I was like you were saying, Aaron, going back and forth, going, "All right, what's CG? What's models?" (laughs) And and Mm -hmm. you know, if it is CG, it feels like they're almost maybe intentionally trying to put little things there that make you think it's a model, maybe as a throwback to Uh again the original film. I mean, like like the the tanks in one portion, I thought I thought that if my memory's is correct that looks like the same design of the tanks in the original film I, i'd have to go back and look to see but you know it's almost like another one of those cases where they were trying to do a little throwback and 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 uh you know give a give a nice little nudge to people about the original film
2: yeah it, i well i was just to add real quick on the on the the original film front like i on my like Literally on my desk in front of me right now, I have a little Godzilla model where like a train's hanging out of his mouth, which is very much a part of the original film uh, by default because that's what the toy is. But also in this film, it has something that's very much resembling that as well. And Mm. it it is neat to see those callbacks. But yeah, they seem so specifically designed where and that's like the best kind of like nostalgia, Easter eggs or what have you, where it's like it's doing a thing that has a certain kind of representation in mind without like hitting you over the head with it. But Brandon, yeah.
3: I'm sorry. But- <clears throat> no, I, I was going to say too. Yeah, I couldn't tell either. The stuff that was impressing me the most was the aerial stuff with the plane, especially in the finale. Yeah. Um. The way the way they shot it, the way like I I don't know if it was a it was probably a digital plane, but it looked pretty genuine. And the way they shot it looked like you would. Ju- so they were probably. You know, looking at World War II footage, you know, the Star Wars thing where you kind of look at it and kind of shoot it like it would be a real plane, even though it's all fake. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they use maybe they were using uh, models as reference points, shooting those and then digitally capturing them later. That's a thing people do now, too. Um, they were uh, I was just recently watching the the Mandalorian um, 4Ks where they're showing uh, how they did the um, the Razor Crest uh shooting that and they actually did old school model work with that and then later uh, did some digital replacements and stuff but they actually built the model and tried to use that where possible Um, and and, but for to inform the digital they would you know be able to shoot the camera angles and stuff like that so the digital would know how to do it as well so maybe stuff like that was incorporated here Um, but yeah the boats like I couldn't tell if a boat was fake or real like that's the, the good stuff there um, and we,
2: I mean, we are talking about the the Toho Godzilla franchise, where like yeah. regardless of how certain people may feel about suitmation or what have you, like it's a studio that is, you know, been innovative with how they do Godzilla stuff, let alone other films that they've done for you know go, going on seventy years at this point. Like, and mm-hmm. so it's not, it's not, it it's not, it shouldn't entirely be a surprise that we're so like, you know, flabbergasted by what's going on with the visual effects here. <laughs> it, if anything, it's just really cool to be like. So I was still doing it. Like they're still figuring out like ways to do things that we haven't seen necessarily handled in certain ways before when it comes to in a realm where every week there's some kind of like crazy tentpole, whether it does well or not. Like here's Jap- Japan coming in and being like, Yeah, we made another Godzilla, but we had some innovative ideas of how to make this one.
3: Well, and I I always I was telling my son uh on the way on the drive back or whatever, I was like, you know what? I, you know, one of the things I appreciate about The Toho stuff is, no matter how far technology has gone, they will still keep the form and look of Godzilla to remind you of a guy in a costume's formation. Yeah, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know they they have just merely polished edges on that idea. Whereas, like you go here in the United States, it's like make him a big dinosaur, and then but like that look, that idea, you know, he's got a recognizable face. He's Godzilla. And he's got a personality and character and it comes through because he's got that consistent look that they haven't radically changed mm-hmm. because technology allows now. They're like, you know what? For, for so many, you know, for 30 some years before we, you know, we could be 40, uh, doing computer stuff with these, uh, you, you look like this. So when you, if you're going to do him digital, uh, there's your reference, make him look like, you know, look, look like that. So that's one thing i i always admire that they don't just because they can they they really adhere to just because you can doesn't mean you should
2: that's it I'm, I'm fully on board with godzilla sprinting in that new godzilla times kong trailer <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun to, to see him
4: yeah.
3: <laughs> his giant legs like running <laughs> see and that's all it's t- like you're you know you're talking about the easy to please thing so i think that's kind of on the on the level of like a uh, like similar to like horror slasher fans, where it's like, yeah, we'll we'll go out, but like you know, as long as you're giving us like a cool kill or two that we you know, it feels innovative or different, or maybe like there's a cool idea with a mask or a weapon or something. Yeah, we'll we'll be we'll 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 give you a nice little thumbs up on on the experience. And not be I'm harsh.
2: Like I, I gotta like go see Thanksgiving again because I keep like there are cool kills in that movie. I don't know
4: why I'm yeah.
2: like so, so weirdly down on it. Like it seems like it is delivering like what I should want out of that movie, but I don't
3: know. That's a different discussion. There's two movies you wanted to fail, and John Woo got the one. Got your wish.
2: <laughs> I like. I like. It's a wonderful knife. It's a, that's a perfectly good holiday slasher movie. <laughs> it's on. It's on Shutter now. You can all watch it. But um, anyway, this movie. Uh, what else? What are we not talking about? Uh, the okay. So the without delving too far into like how things play out, we've talked about like the the very personal story going on here. But I really did appreciate that it wants to be like the Dunkirk of Godzilla movies. Like it, it really adds an element to there that, that I again really enjoyed. As far as hey, like <laughs> we've seen various forms of these movies where the government has some kind of cool plan involved or Godzilla's the, you know, the anti-hero or hero. So it's like, it doesn't matter. Like no one's stopping Godzilla. They want to stop something else. This is one where it's like, what's the other way to get rid of this thing. And they find one that has a lot of like, I think emotional resonance as far as like feeling very positive about how we're going out to get rid of this thing that's threatening us. I really appreciate that. Do you guys Did you guys enjoy the the citizens on the rise aspect of this movie? Yeah, I know. I did too.
3: It was, yeah. And they built it in a scene where you're like, oh, it's going to be the gang. <laughs> That's who's going to be. And it's like, oh, okay. And yeah, I, this, yeah.
1: I definitely love that angle also. And it's actually one of the main reasons why I prefer this over Shin Godzilla, which is still, it's still great. That's a still a great movie, but. Shin Godzilla did have a bit of cynicism toward itself, uh, which is understandable because it's supposed to be a satirical take on the failure of Japanese politics. Uh, I really dug all the like little people aspects because it made the movie seem more hopeful. Like this is a That's fair. This is the scariest Godzilla we've gotten. Uh so having the little people come in and stop them uh, by any means necessary for the future of their country is something that's like, yeah, this gives me faith in humanity.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing that's cool about it: is seeing them come together, seeing kind of the redemption of different characters. Um, I really enjoyed the aspect where the mechanic from the Island at the beginning comes into things and, you know, there's tension between him and our main character that, you know, go, uh, we end up having some resolution to that. I loved like the one guy from the, the boat crew that, uh, you know, they kind of push him aside. They're like, Oh, well you weren't in the war. What do you know? And that, and, and you're just a, a kid, moment. you know, he, he, yeah, you know. With these
2: big guys, mm-hmm.
0: right? Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of good character moments there in the end.
2: Okay. Compared to the kid in the matrix reloaded and revolutions this is the better kid character. I'll throw that out. there. So.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen either of those movies, but I will take your word for it. Give him
2: a spoon. Um, <laughs> you haven't seen the Matrix Reloaded, or Relo- okay? Yeah. I've not. Yeah, Mad Max and the Matrix. I have seen the best of those movies, though. N- not according to some people like me, who thinks Reloaded is the best one. But anyway, okay. <laughs> different conversation, which yeah. we have had in our commentaries. <laughs> but um, uh, available
3: now anywhere podcasts are found.
2: Exactly. Thank you. Uh, what else? Is there anything that you didn't like about this movie?
1: I do have one thing. It's uh kind of the way it ends. It wasn't enough it I don't think it was enough to ruin the movie because obviously it's my second favorite Godzilla movie out there, but I felt like it was an obvious uh sequel bait. Like there are two things that happen that very much hint at the future that um was basically uh Yamazaki going, Hey Toho, can I make one more? But even then, it's like, that's probably not much to argue about. Huh?
3: I feel like this film was pretty complete. Yeah, Of course, it leaves threads because, well, it's Godzilla. There's always going to be more Godzilla. So you got to. Yeah. Uh, so I felt they were very like loose ones. And this one felt like a complete because, like I, like I said, this was a very protagonist centric Godzilla film. And that story felt like it came full circle to me.
2: It does for like yeah. the lead character arc for sure. It does because yeah. there's a, there's like one obviously there's a big thing that happens at the very end, but there's mm-hmm. a hint of something else going on with that smaller side of things. I'm like, well, what would that be? Like, what, what would that what would that mm-hmm. extra story amount to? But yeah, but I, I can like I, I I can agree. It's a it's a very one. It if this was all if this was ever just a one off, like if we never return to this specific you know set of characters again, I'd be fine. Like I feel like I I got the closure. I need in that regard, Um, but I hear you, Alex. I, I I mean, I, 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 you know, it's, it's offering certain things where it's like, well, where, where does that go? Like, there's a, there's a lingering that I can see there.
1: Yeah, especially considering that the last shot of the movie is very reminiscent to another ending of another Godzilla movie Mm, that didn't get a follow up. That's all I'll say.
2: Mm -hmm. anybody else have any anything on the on the negative side? Sound like well, right. just the title um, <laughs> 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 Here's a question for you We are obviously talking about this movie Monarch is currently a TV show on Apple And we have a new Godzilla movie in America Coming out in April Is there such thing as too much Godzilla?
3: No <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's as In your face with things As, you know, because there's probably a ton Of people, even though it's made 11 million Over the weekend, there's probably There's probably most people didn't know of this um mm-hmm. movie uh monarch's not uh, on like a premier streaming service uh, and it is not getting pushed at people a lot and it's rather rather relatively light and I, yeah I just it's it's quite you think the niche aspect but is still there niche aspect still there uh people are going to know about godzilla um you know cross on its side becomes an ex-kong and that but like aside from that that's the one they're they're really going to know about it's not like there, there's no and there's no pressure to keep with the godzilla uh universe that feels like it feels fun or like oh, i'll check that out or it's for, you know for those people i think the prime thing to get people to go to is going to be um that movie uh with kong and the bad apes and kong and the Bad apes it, is one is my
2: favorite punk bands from the 90s
3: it is <laughs> uh but like i i don't feel the tv show's got a lot of pressure it feels like a bonus if you're into it yeah and this is uh an international film playing in theaters that just has a godzilla thing and yeah i i, I really don't see this too much at this time
1: i mean i i will add to my uh no uh to expand on that um uh, we're getting more godzilla than we've probably gotten in the past but they're all very different from one another yeah like uh mm-hmm. every movie in the Rewa era has been vastly different yeah. shin godzilla the anime trilogy minus one all very different movies from one another the monster verse is clearly its own thing and a different type of godzilla so my idea is like hey keep doing, keep giving us all the Godzilla as long as they're doing unique things.
2: I love that the, as you described, Brandon, the, the Monarch, that's the bonus is just like, yeah, Apple just casually spent like $200 million on a bonus TV series for Godzilla. <laughs> it's like well,
3: a- but where where are you seeing the marketing for it? You know, like it's not heavily pushed anywhere that I'm, I'm seeing. Like I know about it because I know Godzilla. I know I talked to you, so that comes up. But like, they're not pushing it during any kind of television. It's not showing up in like a lot of feeds or anything like that. So I I don't feel like I feel like they sh- they should and could if they're spending that much on it. I'd argue that's a little anecdotal. More.
2: I do think there's I think they they know what they're doing as far as marketing this thing. Like it's it's the top thing on the Apple charts or what have you. I'm not saying. Apple charts, but they need
3: to get it beyond Apple. No, Apple, but, as far, like, but as
2: far as what people are watching on Apple, that's the thing that's number one right now. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to say that it's the pinnacle of advertising and you can't go yeah. anywhere. You can't turn your head about seeing Monarch. Right. I, and what I'm leaning more on is It's just funny to me that this show exists to begin with because you yourself described it as a bonus Godzilla show. And it's like, that is what it is. It's just like, yeah, if you like Monarch here, here's a whole TV show for you. That just happens to cost one of those $200 million checks that we write every now and that's, that's very humorous to me that this exists to that extent.
3: Well, I mean, look, I mean, we saw earlier uh, a couple months ago, Universal spent $400 million to make Exorcist movies, and then that, they were kind of like, eh, here here it is. Hey, we
2: raced out to see.
3: (laughs) Right. So, (laughs) I mean, I agree, there was a strike going on, but you can, you can push trailers on people. You can throw it down cram it down oh, our yeah. throats but yeah, yeah. They... Le- leslie
2: odom jr not being on fallon one week was really right. really what held up that <laughs> <laughs> right? i'm just saying like i, hear I, you I, I will I, I give a benefit in, in a general because... sense i absolutely yeah. agree that there's that that lack of awareness certainly hurt things there's another major movie franchise we haven't talked about at all uh that certainly i think suffered due to the strikes mm-hmm. just, so, to one, at least for one reason um but uh, i to answer this question by the way i agree with no i, I think there is so much Diversity between um, the Godzilla material that's going around there, where it's like, no, whatever. Like,
4: no,
3: no. well, the, uh, and and it doesn't feel like I said. There's no pressure to keep up with each and every one of it. Exactly. Yeah, you're each not. Up, yeah, you,
2: you don't need to watch Monarch to get Godzilla minus one
3: mm-hmm. or Godzilla X Kong. Yeah,
0: yeah. there that there would... never has been. I mean, you know, you could jump in wherever with the right yeah, yeah. series Perfect. going yeah. back. You know?
3: Yep. Although that
1: would be funny. Uh, somebody goes and it's like. Man, I want to check out Godzilla minus one, but I want to. I feel like this Monarch TV show might be important beforehand. I'll watch this first.
2: I mean, I'm sure they I'm sure that's not entirely uncommon. I would say in droves, people are thinking that, but I can't. I can't imagine that there's not. Anything. I
3: mean, it confused the AV club, right?
2: Yeah, it did. Yes, you're not wrong. <laughs> there you
3: go
2: <laughs> on a published video. Um, but they said experts they said experts experts that were and they they released that and they're like yeah we nailed this one um um, so we've seen to move on with more questions we've seen godzilla act as an antagonist from the past couple toho films uh, at this point do you have a preference of your godzilla do you like him being a kind of defender of earth or do you prefer him in this like scary
0: mode i like the villain I like him as the villain. It's scary. I mean, in fact, again, going back to the random conversations that came up as I was leaving the theater, that's something that people were saying. They're saying, I like it better when Godzilla's the bad guy. <laughs>
1: so, I prefer yeah. him as a villain as well. Um, although I am partial to him being kind of like the lesser of two evils where it's like, yeah, he's there's clearly badder monsters out there. But Godzilla doesn't really care about humanity.
0: Yeah, but I, I, Let Gamera be the friend of all children, and Godzilla can <laughs> destroy the world. There you go.
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd say, yeah, vil, villain, because, you know, that's his origin. And it's, yeah, you want to be scared of the thing, destroying the like. It's not like, oh, he's just destroying that city, there he goes again. But he is whooping another one's you know, like, danger yeah, I with mean, the territory. That, that's why I like
2: him in, like, anti-hero mode, where because I because I do enjoy him fighting other giant things because that's just what I'm into. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something something like Ghidorah, King of the Monsters, where it's like Rodan and Godzilla are just assholes fucking things up, and then Mothers' like, guys, can you can you stop that for a second so we can fight this three headed dragon monster? <laughs> like, that's that's my deal. That's, that's where I'm at right now with these things. Um, guys, c- cut it out, okay? There's a, a three headed monster. We gotta go fight that for a minute.
1: Yeah, they're like, no, we don't want to. We don't humans want to. We like mean. destroying the world. <laughs> the world so is like humans are mean to us.
2: Yeah. Uh, Alexander, you've said that this is like your your second favorite Godzilla movie at this point. I'm curious, the rest of you guys, uh, where, where, where do you think this is ranking for you? Probably high. I mean, T- top yeah.
3: five. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's. I, I look forward to a few months from now when I can, like, separate myself a bit more and see, like, where my final ranking is for this for now. Uh, but no, it's it really is a top-tier Godzilla film. Like, it's really, like, I I would have been happy to field other guests on this episode that had counter-opinions, but the problem is, there just aren't any. <laughs> like, it's a really good movie. People really like
0: it. Um, I mean, I'm I'm ranking this in my top five for the year so far. So I mean, I I'm sure it's I am not anywhere near as much as Aaron has, but uh, for the things that I have seen, yeah, this this is up there.
1: Yeah, this is certainly going to make my top five,
0: maybe the top,
1: unless something else comes in and beats it.
2: Well, I mean, that what's it that, that anything but you of Glenn Powell is coming out soon, so there's still that. And uh, you, haven't, <laughs> you haven't seen Candy Cane Lane yet, so I mean, there's room, but uh, well, I saw the trailer for that anything but you trailer flight. We were watching the movie, he's like, This look." he, was, he looked over me, he's like, This looks terrible. I <laughs> know okay, it looks really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, all right, well. I think we've talked a lot about Godzilla Minus One. It seems like we have a few positive things to say about it. Uh, but with that in mind, this theater, this movie is out currently in like all the premium theaters. <laughs> it's in IMAX, it's in ScreenX. X, it's in uh 40X, RPX, Dolby's, um, and good on it. Um, I'm not sure how long it's going to be in theaters, though. I believe they said it was like initially a week, unless it like did a certain amount, and it's certainly doing pretty well. So I'm i do not know how long it's going to remain in theaters. It'd be nice if it remained a little, you know,
4: it can I mean, do
3: another four or five next week. It could. It we could. Gave it. So,
1: I mean, Funimation, when they released Shin Godzilla, they said it's a two week engagement. And mm-hmm. because of how much it was bringing in for a limited release, they extended its run. So Toho, look, look at what the movie's doing here, critically and financially.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I I certainly hope that is a part of it. So people need to have more of an opportunity to see it with all of that in mind. When should people see absent that? When should people see this movie? I was there. When should people see Godzilla minus one?
1: Do it now. (laughs) Schwarzenegger has nothing to do with Godzilla. I just wanted to do the impression.
2: (laughs) Todd, how about you? When should people see this
3: movie?
0: Yeah. uh, Yesterday. I mean, (laughs) I go see this right away. This is a blast. Brandon.
3: Uh, Probably six years from now on Tubi. (laughs) <laughs> oh. no go it's godzilla it's a th- i mean godzilla new godzilla movie equals go see it in the theater regardless but um if there's anyone to go see and probably have the maximum enjoyment from any naysayer it'd be this one
2: yeah uh, in entirely in agreement see it on the biggest screen you can it's great it's fantastic it, 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 it the sound is wonderful so see it in a really good theater that'd be great uh, get the get the full experience for sure. Okay, well we've done it. We've talked entirely about Godzilla minus one. Uh, let's move on now. Let's get to uh. Let's get to let's get to some games over here. All right. That of course is the improv theme for games, and I have a game. I have a game for you guys this week. Uh, it is called Godzilla's Humans. What I have here is I'm going to. Describe the human plot of various no. Godzilla movies, oh, no. and you have to guess which Godzilla movie <laughs> I'm referring to. If you oh think... no! All right, bring it on. Uh, you might think you might think this is harder than it would be, but I've tried to make this pretty fair. Um, but, um, if you think you know the answer, buzz in uh, with your name and guess what you think the answer is. Okay, here we go. Here's the first one. A professor's daughter's scientist boyfriend uses his research with oxygen to reveal a lethal weapon that could stop Gojira. Buzz. Say your name.
1: Alexander. Yes. Sorry.
2: <laughs> yes, good
1: uh, A doctor's scientist boyfriend?
2: Is that a... Si- a professor's daughter's scientist boyfriend.
1: Oh, okay. Then it's it's uh, Gojira.
2: That is correct. It's the original Godzilla. Oh, the the original,
3: yeah. Uh, would you uh, count the one with uh, the American version? Does that, or you'd be like, nope. Godzilla <laughs> King of the Monsters with Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr.
2: <laughs> if you buzzed in with your name and said Brandon Godzilla King of the Monsters, the Raymond Burr version, I might have said yes, but you didn't buzz in with your name and say all that. <laughs> I was just, gonna, I was just
3: wondering if that would have been.
2: Right. If you spe- if you specified it that specifically, yes, I mean it still counts. It's not all wrong. Right, all right,
4: all right. All right.
2: But we're past that one now. We're number two now.
3: Well, it could be, it could come up again.
2: It might. What if it did? <laughs> all right. Here's the next one. Aliens have released all of Earth's monsters, and it's up to a daring crew on a rocket ship to find the aliens' headquarters to
0: stop them.
4: Oh, oh, oh,
0: Todd, Todd. I'm I'm guessing here from having watched long is that destroy all that is destroy all monsters you're correct you're on the board all right good there you go oh man he's not that hard (laughs)
4: here's the
2: next one oh boy the chairman of a pharmaceutical company sends out an expedition to find a monster to generate publicity only to discover an island god who they capture it goes on to battle a recently freed godzilla alexander alexander
1: it sounds, such like, it sounds like such an absurd human plot that it's got to be King Kong versus Godzilla. That
2: is King Kong versus Godzilla. That is correct. All right. Here's the next one. Cryptozoologists combine forces to go after an eco-terrorist looking to bring various giant monsters back into supremacy on Earth.
3: Brandon. Brandon. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. That is Godzilla, King of the
2: Monsters. That's correct. You're on the board. There you go. Here's the next one. A bullied boy imagines himself on a monster island and befriending Manila, the son of Godzilla. Brandon. Brandon. Oh. (laughs) Oh, is it All Monsters Attack? It is All Monsters. You got the title correct. Yes. It's All Monsters Attack. Uh, Largely hailed as one of the best Godzilla movies of all time. Uh, All right. (laughs) Let's go on to the next one.
1: According to Steve Rifle.
4: Yeah. Uh,
2: To protect Japan from a monster attack, the government creates a human piloted cyborg using the skeleton of the original Godzilla.
1: Alexander. Alexander. Um, uh Godzilla against Mechagodzilla.
2: That is that is correct. The correct phrasing of one of the various Mecha Godzilla uh, movies that exist. Yeah, that's right.
4: Just, yeah. <laughs> could
1: could you imagine if we were doing this, if this was a Japanese if we were all Japanese uh, and we have to give the answer, it's like, wait, which one are you talking about? Yeah.
2: <laughs> which mechagodzilla <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. A scientist is brought on to shed light on a mysterious attack on a fishing ship only to discover a mutation process of massive levels has occurred, and one of the the results is a mess headed to New York City.
3: Uh, Okay. Brandon? (laughs) Brandon? Is this the Roland Emmerich Godzilla? That is the Roland Emmerich Godzilla. That is correct.
1: Objection, Your Honor. (laughs) What what is the objection? Godzilla doesn't
2: appear in that movie. (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) Uh, to, never, be, yeah. to be fair, I did not say Godzilla. He in the didn't say. I only, I only specified what the plot was. I didn't say fair, the words Godzilla. Fair enough. <laughs>
3: and the movie is titled Godzilla.
2: The, the, the title of the movie is Godzilla. <laughs> yes. I, I yeah. did not specifically it's, say that Zilla. Uh, <laughs>
1: it's 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 just better to have the headcanon where th- that movie's actually connected to GMK and the attack on that Japanese fishing boat was actually the GMK Godzilla. Because we only see his tail and claws. <laughs>
4: mm, okay.
2: And then in Final Wars, they just destroy it all together, so it's gone. Yeah. All right, next one. A few more here. Having been defeated several times by monsters, humanity's plan to leave the planet for a new one are put in reverse as they instead decide to defeat Godzilla and take back their planet. Alexander. Alexander.
1: Godzilla, planet of the monsters.
2: That is correct. The first in the anime series of Godzilla films. Here's the next one. An unknown accident occurs in Tokyo's Bay, causing an emergency cabinet to assemble to determine what's taking place and who's in charge of handling the destructive repercussions. Brandon.
3: Brandon? Shin Godzilla. Shin
2: Godzilla. That's the correct answer. There's a neck-and-neck race right here. Once Todd comes in. I'm just glad I got the one. You got on the board. That's not not nothing. That means you get to come back. Yeah. Okay, two more astronauts are sent to investigate planet X only for aliens who in return seek help from earth's people by borrowing two of their mighty monsters. Little do they know this is all a ruse. Also one of the astronauts develops a romance. With one of the aliens, Alexander, Alexander.
1: Uh, I don't know what title you'll accept, but, uh, invasion of astro monster.
2: That's the one I've written. What's the, what's the other one?
1: Uh, either Godzilla versus monster zero or just monster zero. Yeah. Those are the other. <laughs>
2: so that title, mm. yeah. All right, last one. Time travelers for the 23rd century arrive in modern Japan to warn of a nuclear incident. Then They then go back to 1944, where they learn of a radiation-exposed dinosaur, only to inadvertently create another dominant monster in the process. Alexander. Alexander.
1: Uh, the very first Godzilla movie I saw, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah.
2: That is correct. Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. All right,
3: Those last two on the tip of my tongue, not yeah. fast enough. <laughs> not fast enough. All right, well, we've played the game.
2: Todd, you came in third place here. You got on the board, though, of one point. Brandon, you did a put up a, jo- a fine job getting in second place of four points, but Alexander, you are a winner this week with six points total. Congratulations, you won Godzilla's Humans.
3: All right. Way to go. Your copy of Roland Emmerich's Godzilla is in the mail. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, well- on vhs
1: <laughs> all right now i will put it right next to my dvd copy of it uh, and godzilla the series
2: i i'm i'm just happy i didn't get any points this week meaning that all you guys answered their questions. that always helps oh. i didn't even have to go with the tiebreaker
1: what was the tiebreaker it's
2: a box office question it doesn't matter it's not that interesting <laughs> okay <laughs> all right well good glad we all played the game here let's move on let's get some handout feedback
4: feedback 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 tm
2: <laughs> thank you i appreciate all of that uh this is where i go to the various questions and answers on the facebook page facebook.com starts on a podcast ask a number of questions to the listeners and they gave us some answers and then we actually got a question this week as well so we'll go through that okay and uh alexander Todd, brandon feel free to throw in any answers you might have as i go through these first question here what's your favorite film franchise that's only oh, that's over 50 years old scott neil astor writes james bond Chris Cleveland has well. There are very few over fifty, so James Bond and Godzilla. Irene Johnson writes, "LOL, Godzilla is ten years older than me." And Philip Heard has Batman, Planet of the Apes uh, as a film
3: franchise.
2: Hey, Do we go. We count the, the movie serials. This is the '60s Batman?
3: Yeah, '66. It's, yeah. it's 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 good. Yeah, okay. Give him okay. his Batman. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. I'll, I'll just stick with Godzilla.
0: Todd, you said Planet I, of the I, Apes. Planet of the Apes, absolutely. Yeah,
3: yeah. I'm with I'm with Todd of the Apes, uh, James Bond, of course. And uh, yeah, the universal classic monsters, if that counts as a franchise.
2: Yeah, sure. sure, it's a franchise. That, I like them. The dark universe. <laughs> so, so <we> call it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like them. They're nice.
2: Yeah, I can't argue with any of these. I mean <laughs> that's why they're still around because they're beloved. <laughs> so there you go. Um, all right, next one you have here. What are some great films set immediately post-World War II? Scott Neil Astor writes, The Third Man. And Philip Heard has The Best Years of Our Lives, White Christmas, and Drunken Angel. Great- um, Best Years of
1: Our Lives is certainly a fantastic one. Huh? Like that was one of I saw it was one of those movies I saw in film class and didn't know a thing about it. All I knew was that it was like a three and a half hour, three hour old movie. It's like that's rare, hmm. especially without intermission or whatever so i didn't know what to expect from it and it is if anyone who hasn't seen it you gotta check it out
2: it, it is a very very good movie in that realm i had bad day at black rock that's yeah there you go that's a good yeah. one mm,
3: i don't know <laughs> i will say like third man that's a that's a great choice it's a good pick that's a great choice. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah all right
2: next one Who's your favorite Godzilla antagonist? Philip has Ghidorah, the 3 headed monster. Irene Johnson has Mechagodzilla. And Chris Hillen has Destroya and Space Godzilla.
1: I would say, I would say Biollante. eh? Like Biollante is just such a unique, uh, a unique creation in terms of like in universe and how they make, how they made the suit or animatronic. eh? Mm -hmm. It's a shame she like only appeared in one movie.
0: Brandon, um,
3: I, I mentioned mine up top, but Hedora, the smog monster. Yeah,
0: and I like King Ghidorah too. So, yeah, Ghidorah is great, but uh, I, I'm a big fan of Mothra. <laughs> Mothra is my favorite Toho in general, but yeah, so I got to give it up for Mothra.
2: I, I'm a big Gitara fan for sure. It just something about the idea of three heads b- b- makes me <laughs>
0: just like, it's like, how does that work? I, better, I, better than one.
2: <laughs> I yeah. I I like that it's such a go-to like villain as well. Like if Rodan's a giant dick, because he is, um, mm-hmm. I like the Geeter is an asshole. Like <laughs> it's just like it's such yeah. a, there's nothing to it beyond like I just hate everything. <laughs> I'm going to destroy mm-hmm. you. That is yeah. my thing. Yeah, uh, but then and then there's Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the third head uh, And uh, I mean I The concept of Mechagodzilla Has always been fun to me Just because it's like It's the same logic as Space Godzilla It's like well, what if this but we add a word on top of it And that's what <laughs> <laughs> just, That's very funny to me I've I'm pr- I'm, I'm always been very sure That Godzilla Versus Mecha Godzilla 2 That's the 90s one right Yeah Yeah I have always I I'm pretty sure that's like the first one I watched like in full. Like I was certainly aware of Godzilla and I'd seen like bits and pieces of other Godzilla films, but I'm pretty sure when I was young that was the first like full Godzilla movie I'd seen. Um and it's just like such a, a it's like so there's a Godzilla and then there is a Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> like that just throws me <laughs> out, like, so much. All right. Uh next question we have here. What are some great films dealing with battles at sea? Luke Thompson friend of the show has Popeye. <laughs> I guess <laughs> Christopher Hill has Pirates of the Car- Pirates of the Caribbean films, Battleship, and The Seahawk. Uh, Joe Jans writes Master and Commander: of The Far Side of the World. Uh, Philip Heard has Red Cliff, Greyhound, and Dunkirk. And Chris Hill has Master Commander and Das Boot. Great films dealing with battles at sea.
3: Avatar: The Way of Water. There you
1: go. <laughs> yeah i i would I would take that. Crimson Tide? Sure. Oh, for some reason I was thinking of Crimson Peak. It's like, wait, that doesn't take place at sea. Oh, Crimson Tide.
2: I remember the house when I what I went ashore?
3: <laughs> Speed to cruise control. Right? Obviously, yeah. Those yeah, great yeah. The great battles at sea on that movie.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't stop talking about. Them. All right. Um, next question. What are some great films focused on or concerning possible atomic destruction? Philip Hurt has I live in fear. Chris Cleveland has Doctor Strangelove, or however the bumps
0: don't work. Yeah, that Strange one, Love, uh, of course. Yeah. That, yes, yeah, that's one of my all-time favorites. Um, War Games also came to mind.
1: Yeah, uh, even though I haven't seen this movie in a while, uh, Miracle Mile.
4: Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, that movie's just a weird, like a, a it's a weird kind of nightmarish film in a way considering the time it came out and it's also like in my neighborhood so it's like mm. oh this adds a little lo- level of creepiness to it that is more effective because of where I live
3: we count uh matinee sure yeah oh yeah <laughs> um doctor strange lives like a goat because that's yeah that's a
2: favorite movie of mine in general but fail safe on the other side of that I think is incredibly effective as well that terrified me when mm. I watched that movie and um at the same argument uh T2 Honestly, that fucking nuclear oh, yeah. dream that Sarah yeah, Connor yeah. has, like, mm-hmm. like that's, that's frightening. It's frightening stuff. Uh,
3: beneath the planet of the apes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's A- ape tastic Godzilla episode we have going on here. There you go.
2: Um, last question here. Um, name some great films set in Tokyo. Philip has Whispers of the Heart, Tokyo Godfathers, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, and Nobody Knows. Chris Cleveland has Tokyo Gore Police ah. and Mark Paces has Akira. Uh, well, obviously, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift is one of my answers.
0: <laughs> Kill Bill Volume 1. There you go.
1: I'll just I'll just go with Mothra. OK. <laughs> like, it's it's an easy answer, but it's probably my uh, favorite of Toho science fiction films that
2: does not have Godzilla in it. I mean, my, my answer to that would be God, Gar, the War of the Gargantuas.
0: That would be my favorite. <laughs> oh, War of the Gargantuas is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Desperately needs a Blu-ray. Desperately. Yeah. Arteria. I always wanted the Gargantuas to fight Godzilla. I mean, why not?
2: Yeah, yeah pe- people say Gamera, and I'm like, Turtles, whatever. I see, I've see. i seen that fight. Let me see the Gargantuas go up against Godzilla.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: Sand and Gyra need their due again.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep maybe maybe that's a secret weapon in Godzilla Times Kong if there's Gargantuas also
0: with the gods there you go <laughs> yeah
1: that that would be such a like big uh surprise there i'd be i'd be down for it
3: all right um okay. lost in translation uh,
2: there you go, it's gonna be, there you go. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm.
2: now we got a question here from Philip Hurd he he asks is there a christmas time/holiday slash film that you've discovered in recent years that you'd like to see get more attention old or new with the massive proliferation lately, it can be difficult to find diamonds in the rough. This is a good diamonds question. in the diamonds in the rough. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question because I've seen it recently come up that it's like Elf and Love Actually, and like the, those are like the last like new holiday classics that we've gotten as far as you know Christmas time is concerned. That's twenty years ago, but I'm curious if you guys have any other like ho- you know like holiday oh. favorites that you consider like classics that come in now.
1: Are you talking about like movies that's like they should get more attention?
2: I mean, the question's asking if there's ones you you certainly like to celebrate that should get more attention. And yeah, that that can apply to either newer films or older films.
1: All right, because one movie that like always comes to mind for me in terms of this needs to get a little more attention, for me at least, uh Anna and the Apocalypse.
2: Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's just something so charming about that movie.
2: It's a very charming film.
1: Um, that's like yeah, this this is something that I don't mind seeing every holiday season. Just somebody needs to release it on Blu-ray out here.
2: Yeah, domestic. Yeah, they're, they're, there's a there's international version because I have one. But yeah, it could, the fact that it doesn't have a wider release is odd to me. Even though it has a certainly has an appeal. I uh, I think Klaus is quite good. Uh, that came on Netflix a few years yeah. ago with uh, yeah. Schwartzman and J.K. Simmons. I, I think that's a really well done story of Santa Claus. Um, I think It works quite well. Um, I, I mean, honestly, the Guardians holiday special I think is gonna, yeah, be that coming. was, yeah, that's oh, gonna come yeah. out. I think that'll be coming a perennial watch, um, every year because that just really delivers.
3: I'll plug my uh friend, uh, Greg Magoon's uh, one he did for Hallmark, uh, called An Unexpected Christmas, which he liked. To, he wanted to write a Hallmark movie really bad, got to, um, it's not quite. Uh, his script delivered, but he played with a lot of tropes of those stereotypes of those movies and stuff. And it's consistently last. It premiered two years ago, and has been rated as the number one movie to check out uh, on those channels during the holiday season. So, um, it's a it's a pretty solid, enjoyable little film. Um, there you go. for what he's got, if you're into those Hallmark movies, because I know people get addicted to them, uh, this time of year. And uh, I watched, I revisited Prometheus recently, and Christmas happens during mm-hmm. that. So yeah, there you so go. It a, oh, a Christmas it
2: tree and everything. It's Christmas. Oh, yeah. Uh, a Kiss Kiss Kiss, kiss get Bang Bang is a Christmas movie, and uh, yep, that's one that I certainly. It's a Shane Black movie, so they're all Christmas movies. But uh, that's one that I yeah certainly revolver. You know, when it's not, you know some of the standards die hard what have you like as far as the kind of alternative christmas movies go that's todd
0: Uh, well an alternative one that i watched for the first time just a few months ago was go and i was like oh Oh, yeah kind of a fun alternative christmas movie i've I've been
2: a fan of go for years so i have uh i enjoy watching that one as well movie i just saw recently um that is from the 70s the silent partner Um, Oh,
4: yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, that movie's so awesome. With uh,
2: Elliot Gould and Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer as a menacing thief who tries to dress as Santa Claus um, and rob a bank, and it goes awry. Um, It's a really solid, like, uh, 70s thriller heist type movie. Some interesting twists and turns, and Elliot Gould in full, like, 70s movie star mode. Like, it's good. I really like that movie a lot.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's great. We did an episode of my podcast on that a couple of years ago.
2: Not surprising because I'm like, I did not know about this movie until just recently, yeah. and like watching mm-hmm. is like,
0: how this is great. <laughs> how did how did how do
3: are people not talking about this movie? How does it not come up? It yeah, it is crazy. It's
2: a it's a good one for sure. All right, well that's enough that feedback.
4: Feedback. Feedback.
2: Feedback. Thank you. And uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode about aid. Uh You can find more of my work and my Personal blog: code Everything I do ends up over there. I write for Weave Entertainment for Blue reviews, or sorry for movie reviews, and Why So Blue for Blu ray and Criterion reviews. I am on Twitter at Aaron's PS Four. Uh, Alexander Robinson, where can we find more of you online? You can find me on YouTube, uh, Alexander Robinson movie and TV reviews, as
1: well as my theme park and travel channel, Alexander Robinson Travel Channel. I'm also uh, on the interwebs at uh, on Letterboxd, Instagram. And threads because I am slowly phasing out Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Todd, leave it now. Where can people find more of you? Uh, well, the blog is called Forgotten Films, that's at forgottenfilmcast.wordpress.com. The podcast is called The Forgotten Film Cast, and you can find that wherever you find your podcasts. And I'm on Twitter at Forgotten Films, that's films with a Z. Brandon Peters.
3: You can find me on the socials at Braided4KUHD. Uh, my podcast is The Brandon Peters Show, which can be found anywhere podcasts are found, and on my YouTube channel, which also has some little extra things when I take a look at uh, Blu-rays and 4K Ultra HD discs. And uh, currently running a Farewell DCEU series, which, Aaron, you'll be joining in just a couple weeks. Uh, the next, This week's episode will be it's covering... Post Snyder, uh, released the Snyder Cut era of uh, Justice League, um, Justice League, Shazam, um, Birds of Prey, and Aquaman. That that run of movies. So that's
2: where we're at. You can find all the other episodes about now with their name on iTunes, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us at nowpodcast@gmail.com. Uh, follow us on the interwebs at various places on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, all various forms of slash outnow underscore podcast. And uh, once again, iTunes reviews and ratings gonna get those helps out our show. helps other people find our show. Uh, I want to thank you to Alexander, Todd, and Brandon for joining me to discuss Godzilla today.
0: Thank you. thank you,
1: thank you. It's for always sure. a it's always a blast talking about the king of the
2: monsters for sure. Uh, and I was very happy to do so and have. So many different things to talk about, but with all that said, next week, not sure yet. Uh, I, I know Miyazaki's from *The Boy and the Heron* is getting released in a fairly wide capacity. That might be the episode that ideally Abe and I talk about as our main show, but we'll see. There's lots of things out there, uh, and we'll you know update as necessary. But that's gonna do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long
3: and goodbye. goodbye.